Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today was uh, somewhat depressing. You know, I, I covered this on my uh, earlier show at 4 p.m., so some of you may have heard, but we got. I want to get into it with the crew here and then talk about a bunch of other issues. A guy in North Dakota crushed a teenager because he was a Republican. Now, he said he was part of a Republican extremist group, which who knows what that means. But after just hearing only a couple of weeks ago, Joe Biden say that MAGA Republicans were an extremist threat to our country. It's no surprise that the what is the left called stochastic terrorism mm. that Biden espoused resulted in an actual casualty, a murder. This guy confessed. Not only did he kill the kid, he then called 911 himself and said he did it admitting to doing it because the kid was a Republican extremist, apparently. And what really what really bugs me about these stories is that you get people like, you know, Bill Burr. He's a funny guy. He's a good actor. I can respect that. Saying everything's fine. People aren't really mad at each other. And it's just like, dude, you're just not paying attention. And while I can respect not wanting to freak people out, there's an issue with us being like, hey, man, like this kind of stuff is, is, is happening more and more. And it's kind of freaky. Just keep it in mind. And, and I don't want people to constantly be panicked or down or anything like that. There's a problem with people acting like it's just literally not happening at all. So we can keep calm and carry on. But we got to acknowledge that people are losing their minds in this country. Because the other story we have is that FBI whistleblowers are coming out saying that we got a couple things. We got a letter from Republicans that the, that the FBI is taking people off child predator cases and putting them on white supremacist cases. And then we've got whistleblowers saying that they're trying to ramp up the January 6th charges or, or claims to make everything sound worse and make it seem like it's a crisis. Yes, something crazy is happening in this country. So we're going to talk all about that. Plus, the migrants that Ron DeSantis sent to Martha's Vineyard are suing him. And the sheriff is trying to investigate him for, for, for crimes, apparently. And then uh, here's the funny thing. Uh, apparently, DeSantis bluffed. There was a plane chartered to go from Texas to Delaware oh, yeah. to Biden's house, and then nothing happened. Very interesting. So we'll talk all about that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly. We've been hearing a lot from many of you watching the show that you're not getting notifications anymore. There's a variety of reasons this could happen. Not entirely sure why, but you can help out if it is censorship by being the notifications. Those of you who tune in at 8 p.m. every day, no matter what, you can share the URL to this video across social media to make sure other people who aren't getting notified will get manually notified and it would really, really help us out. And also become a member to watch our After Hours Uncensored show Monday through Thursday, as well as our other shows like Cast Castle. Good funny jokes if you want to watch them and Tales from the Inverted World is, is good fun. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about this and more is Vanessa Santos. Hello. It's great to be here. Who are you? I am the CEO and president of Red Renegade Public Relations, and I do media representation and PR work for conservatives and center-right orgs and people. And this is why it's fascinating. You're effectively a bridge between conservative organizations, people, and anti-establishment, anti-woke essentially, yes. to corporate mainstream press. And you get to hear what they have to say. Yes, and um, there is a bit of a code for publicists to sort of not really share the reactions of things, but it is <laughs> ugly out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, to be on the receiving end of this anger when I'm just, you know, pitching out 
you, what 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 conservatives, what center right people are trying to do in the media. It's 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 ugly. Nice. Well, we're we're gonna Tim's uh, fixing a camera at the moment. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, back. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Come on, Luke. I think I'd have to shout out Luke. Excellent. Well, well, it's nice to get introduced. Yeah. Hi, so, my, my name is uh, Luke Dasky of WeAreChange.org, and uh, you know, since uh, man bazankas are in and, oh, and no. trendy, I decided, uh, and of course, also approved by school boards in Canada, I decided to pay tribute to the man bazanka king himself, Mr. Ooh. Bill Gates, in this wonderful. Um, very voluptuous portrayal of him <laughs> on my t-shirt uh, which you could get on the best political shirt dot com shirt. What does and it say? Uh, provided to you by fake meat uh, nice. and uh, <laughs> I also failed today uh I, I got the trainer, came out, paid for him, and, and Ian didn't work out. <gasps> All right, there was some. Luke Scandal. told me that I committed to today, which I did not. Check the record. Check Friday. the camera yesterday. The Review camera. the tape. <laughs> you, you were like, you working out with me? I'm working like, out yes, with we me. are. But I was talking about Friday. No. Yeah. But actually, I met Brandon. <laughs> He's the trainer. He's awesome. I love the guy. So he's we're going to be great. there next Tuesday and watch and okay. maybe set up a schedule with him. That was, that was We're, we're going to be kickboxing. It's fired on. off 20 push ups immediately after we got into it about working out. So I'm ready to roll. Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to this evening. We love Vanessa. We have a lot to talk about. Let me zoom out a little bit. That's way too close on my face. Yeah, let's get into it. This is kind we, of disturbing news. Well, I Go do on. I do have one more. Uh, we have another story oh, that we'll get into. So I've been covering the uh, individual who has the big oversized novelty breasts in Canada. Yes. And YouTube flagged both of my videos as adult content. Oh, really? For simply showing photos of the teacher. Now, I emailed Google and said, this is transphobic. And they responded with, we will correct this immediately. Wow. Well, what they really said was, there are many people that are dealing with the same problem, and I'm working to get it fixed. And so it just is very funny that I basically gave them a binary choice. Is it really adult content inappropriate for children? Or does Google agree with it and think it's transphobic? And Google is like, we will remonetize this content for you. That opens the floodgates to a lot of literal adult content and fetish stuff. We'll get into that stuff, but let's jump to this first story. From TimCast.com, North Dakota man admits to running over and killing teenager for allegedly being part of a Republican extremist oh group. This is crazy for a variety of reasons. Uh, look, it's, only, it's been a couple weeks since Joe Biden said that MAGA Republicans were an extremist threat to this country. And we said that's, that's dangerous rhetoric. That's the kind of tribalist rhetoric that results in violence. The left likes to claim, oh, Donald Trump's engaging in stochastic terrorism. And what he's saying is going to result in violence against journalists, no less. Now, what stories do we get? A Democrat is allegedly uh, is, is arrested for allegedly murdering a journalist. And then it is what I can only assume is some unhinged liberal who runs. He, he runs down. He hunted this kid down. The kid apparently called his mom saying he needed help because the guy was chasing him down. And then he chased him into an alley and crushed him with an SUV because he was a Republican extremist. This kid. Alleged a, a, extremist. Alleged. Yeah. Well, right, right. He accused him of being a Republican extremist, part of a Republican extremist group. That's was his justification. This guy, it's a cult. These people have paranoid delusions. Joe Biden is inflaming them. And yet they keep pointing the finger at the, the, the dude in the MAGA hat sitting in his lounge chair drinking a beer watching the game. problem with pointing the finger at any group is like, and I'm going to use the, the age-old Nazi metaphor, but like people are like, I heard this meme going around, punch a Nazi in like 2018. I'm like, no, okay, this is a bad road to go down. You might think that the Nazis were the bad guys, and for, maybe they were, but the Nazis thought the Jews were the bad guys, and they thought the Jews were an extremist radical organization that they wanted to remove from the country. You see how that went. When you start persecuting groups of people, it can it's get very, very bad. Mm -hmm. 
It's tribalism. It's our side is the good side and these people are evil. The only problem is there, there, there is truth and there is fiction. Mm. And so what do we have here? We have a show like this. Granted, we engage in tribalist uh, rhetoric often as well. But I think there's a difference. For one, we say things like, hey, those guys who are violent on January 6th should be arrested and prosecuted. Mm. What, what do we hear from Kamala Harris and Joe Biden? Their staff and Kamala Harris personally bail these people out. We see violent riots sweeping across the country. What do we get? Justification. What do we get? Chris Cuomo saying, who said protests need to be peaceful? You get calls from the corporate press and the mainstream media justifying, calling it a peaceful protest, and you get us begging them to stop. Even saying that the, the, the Trump people on January 6th should be charged as well. When you've got a right that's saying we want the violence to end and a left encouraging it, the left then blaming the right, but the left has actually got the ones who are literally running people down. Aaron Danielson shot and killed. Yeah, there is a serious problem and there is a tribal problem. And this is not the first time that this happened. There's a number of incidences in Washington, in, in Portland, um, all throughout the United States. In Colorado, I remember seeing footage of, of you know someone getting shot. Yeah. I remember the, there's other footage of uh, a man at a, a part of a BLM Antifa rally that was hiding uh, behind a wall that came out and shot someone because of their political opinions. Uh, there's a number of people that, of course, were shot, were killed, were executed for their political beliefs. And seeing this in the United States is absolutely horrible because the United States is supposed to represent free speech. It's supposed to represent a country where we could talk through our differences and be able to speak freely and be able to accept each other for our political differences. But now we're meeting speech with guns and people shooting each other, which is absolutely crazy. Religious differences, too. Sometimes people will say that America is a Christian nation, but it's not. It's a nation where you're allowed to be Christian. I mean, I, well, this, it's this built is, on the foundation of, of, Christian, of Christianity, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, Christ, I, I, Christians I, built the foundation, but it was the idea that anyone could practice any religion here with the Christians as they were building it. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just going to say, you know, everybody keeps talking about how badly we all need to be communicating with each other. But when you see things like this and all the instances that you just listed off, I mean, this is why people keep their voting preferences private. This is why people don't want to engage. People are, they're actually scared. I, w I mentioned this er uh, on my earlier segment about Bill Burr mm -hmm. because he did, uh, he was on trigonometry and a bunch of, there were a bunch of articles written about it and people were quote tweeting him and stuff like that where he said, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, this hate online isn't real. Go outside. Take some, smell some fresh air. People aren't fighting. They're not angry like they are online. And it's just, he's wrong. Yeah. And as I explained it is, people in liberal cities aren't fighting with each other for the most part. Sometimes they do. They're right. There's riots. People in conservative areas aren't fighting with each other sometimes, but usually not. But if you look where the two sides meet, there's clash. Chick-fil-A being a good example. A fast food chicken restaurant. But the, the people who run it were making donations to Christian organizations. So what happens? The left shows up and they are belligerent. I don't want to say violent because they were mostly just protesting these buildings. But you actually see when Ann Coulter goes to uh, Berkeley or goes to uh, New Jersey to speak and they all show up and there's riots. I think it was when Milo was going to speak at Berkeley, they actually started setting fires and smashing windows, spray painting threats to liberals even. 
So that kind of stuff, you know, that's, I don't know. You made a good metaphor. That's what's happening. Before the show about the Bill Burr thing, because like you're saying, we're, we as, you know, journalists and watching the news are like in a watchtower and we see little bits of chaos around pockets of it. So for Bill to walk outside and not see it in his immediate surroundings and claim that it doesn't exist is a problem. It's it's inaccurate. It's an assumption that Bill's making because it does exist. And you, you're right, too. It, I, I don't want to inflame it and make people start fighting because but I do want to acknowledge that these things, it's not like it's not happening. You know, we got to we got to find out why it's happening and maybe we can provide comfort and, and reasons to you know, not happen, you know, get he, past it. The, the, basically, what I was saying was uh, this show is us standing on a watchtower and we can see off in the distance. We can see people fighting in pockets and we're like, we don't know if that fighting will come here, but we know it is happening all throughout the land. We can see fighting emerge. And when we when we when we shout down to the people who are at the ground level and we're like, hey, there's a crazy fighting happening. Bill Burr goes, what are you talking about? Everybody down here is having a good time. <laughs> and we're up here like, yeah, but the fighting's getting crazier. And like there's more people now. And they fly. He's like, no, nah, you're crazy. It's totally fine. I, and then it's, it's sooner, sooner or later. It may or may. It, it might come here. It might not. I don't know. You don't need to live in a state of constant fear and, and anguish over it. But to deny it. Is worrisome. I think that it cast. I think it has come here, and I feel like the guy driving this SUV who killed this poor kid. Oh my gosh, my heart breaks over this. Was probably blue anon. He's probably on Twitter yeah. getting all fired up, and he's taking it out to the real world. I think this is also the guy who shot that guy in Portland, and the probably what happened in Denver too that Luke was referring to earlier. I think it's coming Dude, to the real world. Is there any evidence if it was personal between these two guys? He knew the guy's kid's mom. His mom. Apparently, apparently the mom knew who he was. I don't know if they knew each other. Mm. But uh, apparently what happened was there was a street dance party. The kid was leaving. Ha they had some political words between each other. Probably something like FJB or F Donald Trump or something. Who knows? And then this adult 41-year-old man confronted an 18-year-old. The, the kid's got spiky hair and braces. Jeez, Yo, be dude. an adult. Be a man. And be like, get out of here, kid. I ain't got time for this. Yep. Walk away. Don't, no, no, no. The dude gets in his car and starts hunting the kid down. The kid calls his mom and says he needs help. Because the guy's hunt, chasing after him. The dude then follows him to an alley, runs him over, crushes him, killing him. And by the time the mom gets there, she finds her son dead on the it's ground. It's horrible. Oh it makes me sick. You know, you know what I think? And uh, I understand the problem of, you know, recognizing the problem of tribalism, but being part of the problem of tribalism, there's nothing you can do about it. I view it as that, uh, that old um, riddle. You come across a fork in the road and there are two men, you know, one on the left and one on the right. One always tells the truth and one always lies. And that's what I feel like we're, we're dealing with. The Democrats overwhelmingly as an organization and the neocon Republicans, Uniparty you know, trash, people like Lindsey Graham are just liars, just outright liars. The culture war right tends to be honest and truthful. The culture war left tends to be deceitful and manipulative. It doesn't mean every person on the left is deceitful and manipulative. It doesn't mean every person on the right is honest, but there's tendency, there's the rule and the exception. So when you see Joe Biden come out and say that MAGA Republican extremists are a threat to our country. And not a peep from the left about stochastic terrorism, but celebration. Then Donald Trump comes out and goes, you are fake news. And they go, he's going to get a journalist killed. So criticizing the media is terrorism. But Joe Biden calling half the country extremists who are going to destroy this country is to be celebrated. It's to be accountability. I have no problem saying 
Yeah, Donald Trump's rhetoric, I, did, I wasn't a big fan of. And, the, and I constantly heard from people that he was too brash and too aggressive and things like that. And I think Ron DeSantis has more tech. That's why I'm kind of leaning towards him. I have no problem criticizing what I think is bad. And then I have no problem criticizing Joe Biden. But one side will all outright always just keep defending themselves, keep defending themselves no matter how bad they are, no matter what they do, no matter who they kill, no matter how much damage they cause. It seems to them that they've done nothing wrong. Why? They have one goal and it's power. Yeah, I think the people in the know on the left or in, in control of the media, whatever this is, is they're, they're overseeing like an old guard, the liberal economic order, which is about to change into a world economic order. Um, and so they're willing to lie to protect it and to make sure they guide it the way they want to guide it. The people that are voting for that, I don't think are in understand what's happening. They're just kind of following what they're comfortable with. And Donald Trump made them very uncomfortable. So... I was I was kind of thinking about this earlier. I was like, why is it that they seem to be totally unmoored from reality? And I think the left is, in fact, unmoored. The right, you can call me biased. I definitely am. I think that we actually have a grasp of objective truth. And I think that's why you can make an argument from the right and be like, well, I think this is entirely the case. Here's why. I have news articles for you. They'll just dismiss you. They don't care what you show them. You can show them CNN and they don't give a crap what you have to say because they're convinced tim talks about it being a cult i don't know if cult is the right word it feels like they've been brainwashed like they've given a lot of the responsibility for what they do over to someone else mm -hmm. which i guess you could call a cult but what, yeah i want to i want to uh mention something I, I read an article today from the bulwark you guys oh, know the bulwark I'm sorry we're all big yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the bulwark is awful. They're like, what are they supposed to be like? Anti-Trump conservative yeah, or something? Never Trumpers. But they, may, they they actually wrote something particularly interesting. They wrote how the civil war could start. Hmm. And they said in November of 2022. And uh, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And then I read it and I was like, they're not wrong. Oh. Not it's, it's speculative. But here's here's the here's the the, the gist of their uh, opening thesis, opening argument during the midterm elections. There's going to be left-wing and right-wing people outside of polling stations in swing districts and in many areas of critical importance. And what could happen is that the right, fearing fraud, is watching every door, watching every entrance. Of course, in some of these jurisdictions, many of these people are armed, or maybe not, but either way. In some of these areas, you've got Democrats who believe that Republicans are paranoid QAnon extremists who are going to disrupt the legitimate elections because of their paranoid conspiracy fervor. All that matters is two opposing factions are at a polling place when something looks amiss. And then you get one of either side saying something is wrong here. An argument erupts because neither side will see what the other side sees. It'll never happen. Yeah. They'll say, they just pulled a ballot out. I saw them. What are they doing? Who? That's a second ballot. The, the, the liberal side is going to be like, this is it. They're trying to steal the election by lying about fraud again. And then what happens when it comes to fighting? Doesn't matter what kind of fight. What happens when a polling place gets shut down because of left and right conflict? Now, they went on to, to describe a man drawing a gun, a fight breaking out and someone getting shot. Hmm. Then someone filming the video and the video going viral, showing a poll worker getting shot and killed at a polling location. That's an interesting point that I think it's possible, not necessarily probable. What worries me is that fighting is, in my opinion, probable. With, with 2020, this is the first big election. And more than half of Republicans believe there was fraud. So what's going to happen, I think, is that you're going to see a lot of areas, conservatives, Trump supporters, Republicans, out, out camping in front of these, these polling places 24-7. You will potentially get a fight or an obstruction to the point where they shut a polling place down. 
They shut down a polling place in one area and all of a sudden you've got procedural or statutory conflict. Now there's going to be court cases. Was it legitimate because people couldn't go to vote? People are going to be like, I wasn't able to vote because the Trump supporter shut it down. Trump supporters are going to be like, the left showed up and anti-fund we were fighting. If that kind of conflict reaches polling locations, then I don't know if it's, it's, it's like a shot heard around the world, Fort Sumter style, started the Civil War. But the Bulwark's argument is that could be a catalyst for people saying the election doesn't work, like it doesn't happen. Something interrupts it and we can't come out cleanly with knowing what happened because this stuff could become, I don't know, ubiquitous. Yeah, that's what Shea's Rebellion was, was they shut down a bunch of court proceedings. They were, the courts were trying to take their, their properties. So the farmers went and they surrounded the courthouses and were like, no. And then the, the court, the judges were like, well, I'm not getting involved because there's like a thousand dudes that are going to kill me if I do. Then they made a bunch of arrests. The government did. They arrested a bunch of the farmers. It was chaos. And then eventually they just pardoned everybody because you can't move forward as a nation if you're arresting half your citizenry. There's always going to be a left, no matter where. You're always going to see people to your right, even if they're on the left, because they're right of you. And you may be, there's always going to be someone opposite of you. That's the nature of, of humanity. I actually tweeted this out. I wonder what you guys think about this. If a republic hacked its own election to prevent a psychotic mob from taking over the government democratically, what, I thought that some, you could argue that that might be righteous. And I'm interested in what you guys think about no. that. I think like if, say there's a group of psychotic murderers that want to cut people open as their cult ritual and there's more enough of them that they can democratically mob rule the vote system and win don't we have a republic intentionally to prevent that well sort of i mean first if you're talking about people violating human rights in the constitution then they would be in violation of our, of, of our government, which is why the Constitution is so important. If a group of weirdo cults who are like, if you vote for us, we'll sacrifice children on an altar or at a pyramid to Moloch or whatever, like overtly saying it and trying to do it, then it wouldn't be th those attempting to stop it would actually be on the side of the Constitution. So if it was more subtle, like we're going to give transgender hormones to kids. We want to make kids trans, like a weird cult. You can make yes. it whatever you want. I see what you're saying. And this is why I think civil war is. is and is and like if a republic were like, you know what? whatever that is, there's a lot of them, but America must reign supreme. We're going to hack the election and make sure like, is that, would that but, be ethical? So here's the issue. No, hacking the election is not ethical. Mm. And the issue of the, the point of the Republic is that there's a lot of ideas that we don't like, and we think are violating our rights. And so long as this is done procedurally and there's, there's a limit to, uh, how should I say this? If they're going and saying, vote for me, and then we will, we, will, we will pass through legislation the right to murder people, we'd be like, no, that's a violation of the Constitution. I, in fact, in the death penalty is, as well. And even though we're seeing abhorrent things, what prevents the country from falling apart, prevents conflict, war, and things getting worse, is that we agree to legislate things and debate them and challenge them. Eventually, however, as you mentioned, is a good point. We get to an issue where they're like castrating kids and, and bragging it. I mean, this, this stuff coming out from Matt Walsh is kind of crazy. The Vanderbilt stuff yeah. um, about the profit incentive and stuff like that for doing this. You get to a point where it's like, OK, we've got a very serious problem. That's why we have a convention of states. We have many legal mechanisms to deal with a, a government, you know, that, that is not doing its duties or is, is overreaching and things like that. But I'll put it this way. If they are outright violent in the Constitution, then I don't think it's hacking the election. I think they're the ones who are committing the wrong. Well, it concerns me when it's not a violation of the Constitution. It's just a change in the culture that I, I personally think that's why we have a republic is to prevent a mob of Democratic psychos changing it. And I think what happened was they think that MAGA was a mob of Democratic psychos. So they think that they're justified and that's in wrong. the fortification of the election, the way, and as Time magazine put it. 
Uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I, I feel I feel like th- this this particular organization has not gotten enough press, but there is there is an existence, the Committee for Safe and Secure Elections, and it's law enforcement and election officials working together. Oh. And, um, you know, I think that a, a, all, all the listeners, I, I, I hope the left and the right both look into this organization because it's helping it's helping to, I think, kind of guarantee that that this doesn't erupt. I know, what I, know, I, know, I know what you're going to say. No, <laughs> stopping it from erupting is good, but here's here's the, here's the problem. If if Joe Biden, mm-hmm. uh, his brain is broken. Yes. We assume it is. Um, I'm saying like, if it is, let's just say diagnostically confirmed, he's the president. And if you got a problem with that, we have the, what is it, uh, the 25th Amendment, yeah, I believe, yeah, for so. removing him. And that's the process by which we do it. We don't allow lunatics to be like, our country's in danger, so therefore I will take it. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. You think Donald Trump's a threat? That's too bad. The people want him to be the leader. You do not unilaterally decide that you are smarter and that your your intelligence allows you to supersede how our system is intended to function. Oh, in the military, and this isn't good, probably not good, but there's like, they would frag their commanding officer if they thought the commanding officer was going to get them all killed. They'll be like, no, someone would slip a grenade into the tent in the middle of the night and the commanding officer would be dead in the morning. And then the next guy in charge would be like, okay, I'm taking over. We're not going to attack. Well, well, I, don't know, I don't know about that, dude. What are you talking about? It's a pretty horrible aspect of like Vietnam. A lot of like fragging the commander. They'd kill the commander if they didn't agree with, they thought the guy was going to get them all That's killed. That's the problem with the draft. <clears throat> the people have to serve a commander they that don't people, agree with. People yeah. who don't want to be there are forced to be there and will say, mm-hmm. screw you. Yeah, but so, now, now we have robots that will take care of all the fighting. But anyway, <laughs> I, I think it's also important anyway. to note here that our political differences have been weaponized, especially when it comes to big tech social media, which is connected to the intelligence agencies that has been pushing people further and further on the political spectrum. And you look at the echo chambers created, you look at the radicalization, you look at the concentration and promotion of negativity. I think a lot of this brings the hallmark of a divide and conquer agenda that is being done deliberately, where today we are here in the United States where there's legitimate YouGov polls talking about how 40% of Americans think that a civil war is likely within a decade. They think that for a very specific reason, because when you go online, that's all you see. The negativity, the hate, the fighting, all of that front page always. And that has a psychological effect on people. And we are conditioned towards the blue collar working class people of this country fighting against each other. And that's the trajectory that we are on that hopefully we could avoid. But no. but there's too much fuel being added to this fire in order me, to avoid me, this pathway. I want to pause you right there because it's not true. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Democratic Party is overwhelmingly well off. And there was a poll, I think it might have been YouGov as well, that found when you poll people above $100,000 a year, they overwhelmingly want Joe Biden to remain president. And when you poll people under 100,000, of which there's more, they overwhelmingly want him impeached. It is not blue collar versus blue collar. It is it is suburban liberal elites who are angry that working class people elected Donald Trump to be the human Molotov cocktail. Yeah, but but this case in North Dakota, who was it? It wasn't an, an, an elite person. It was two people going at it. 
and one person killed another person. So, so you know, we're talking about the average Americans here. There are elite, elite people calling the shots here and saying, hey, I want him in power and him in power. But at the end of the day, who's going to be doing the fighting? Neighbors. People who are next Always. to each other, mm-hmm. people who are related to each other, people who are friends and family members. But because of the political differences that have been weaponized in this country, they're going to be at odds with each other and, of course, fighting each other, which is absolutely yeah. tragic. Okay. I, and, and I can agree. But now let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper. Is it bad that powerful elites will weaponize the differences between people to divide and conquer and maintain control? Of course, they've always done it. Will you then decide to compromise with those who are castrating children? Luke? No. So what, what's no. the solution? Um, what, I, I, I think, bad, I think that's, that's one particular uh, position that, of course, is strongly uh, divisive. I think there's also a lot of mental health disorders that lead to a lot of people to be radicalized in that particular uh, position. I think there's a lot of unhealthy people. I think there's a lot of people who are not thinking clearly. I think the solution um, you know, is a very vast one, and I talk about it a lot. But specifically, that's one specific uh, hyperbolic extreme example. There's other examples that I think do divide, uh, that, that do bridge this gap, Things like Epstein, Epstein, things like (laughs) federal overreach, things like taxes, things like people, of course, just being not taxes. Well, yes and no, because uh, at the end of the day, who's happy paying taxes? I I don't think anyone is. I I don't think even even Trump supporters that that rapper lady that that endorsed him. I forgot her name. Uh, What was her name? Um, She just made a recent political statement that Nicki Minaj. She even made a whole video would be like. Where are my taxes Where's going? Money? Yeah. Where's B. my money? Cardi yeah. B. Cardi, Cardi B. B was like, Sorry. where's where's my money? <laughs> where's my money? <laughs> taxes. She should write a song Epstein, called Epstein. The military industrial complex. I, I I think there's a big pushback against a lot of these things because at the end of the day, they don't serve the interest of the American people. The American people know that they're being screwed, but every time they're being screwed, they're being told, "Hey, the other person did it to you. But, hey, the but, other person did it to you." And it's not just like that. It's not black and white. Well. I don't think that we should just gloss over the trans stuff. And I think that we need to make these extremists answer for what their extremes are. You know, I think that taxes are one thing and everybody can kind of agree on 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 how, you know, you don't want to pay too much or whatever, but you know, we're we're at a point where like you know, I'm sending my kids to school. I'm thinking about where I'm going to live. I'm thinking about where, you know, what what communities I want to be in and who I want my neighbors to be. And it's just gotten to a point where I uh I don't think people should be allowed to just not talk about it anymore. Like, if, if you're going to be a part of this party who's doing this to children, who's supporting this to children, then I want you to answer for it. I want to know, I want to know why you think this is okay. Like, this this can't just be, oh, well, you know, this is just a fringe thing. Like, this this isn't really happening. It is happening. And, you know, the Vanderbilt story. I mean, I, I, we have to make well, people well, answer I, for it. Yeah, we should definitely talk about the Matt Walsh stuff uh, later on. But, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, as it pertains to d- divisiveness, in rhetoric and things like that. There are people who, uh, I think the media wants us divided for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think for the most part, you know, Fox News has their problems. Tucker is a bit abrasive, but he's, he's okay. I, you know, maybe not necessarily the way I, I do things. He's, he's much more comedic and he showed like a picture of Lori Lightfoot as Beetlejuice. <laughs> that's not, that's not the kind of thing we do. Spicy. I know Luke's a big fan. He loves Tucker. I think he he's one of the few people that actually criticized Donald Trump and one of the few people that was actually able to put his feet to the fire and call him out on a lot of important issues. I think he's good. I think he is. And I think for the most part, the media is overwhelmingly liberal aside from the one, you know, channel. 
and then uh, they're manipulating people through just lying. I'm concerned with <clears throat> emotions, meme usually. culture. Yeah, like I was watching video game play footage last night. Pixelated Apollo, what's up, dude? Playing some Mountain Mountain Blade Two, Bannerlord. You lost um, me. At some point, gamers started going, "Let's go, boys! Come on, boys! Let's go, boys!" And it's all about the boys. And they talk about boys like their audience are boys. And they I'm are. concerned that. It's like an inset, like it's like I'm I'm just not comfortable with women, so I'm comfortable with guys. Let's have our boys in the military. There's boys, but what's <laughs> Bro, happening is on. what's happening is young girls are watching the video and they're like, I want to be part of this because if a girl's ever like, let's go, girls, it's me and the girls tonight. I get really annoyed at that. I'm like, why are you like excluding <laughs> yeah. me from this conversation? So I think young girls are seeing this boys rhetoric and they want to be boys. I think the problem is that there's a lot of women who like, I mean, Liddy and I were actually talking about this before the show, but I was a tomboy when I when I was yeah. growing up. I wanted to be a boy. Sandlot was a huge movie. I was not only in love with Benny the Jet Rodriguez, I wanted to be Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And if if I had some, you know, booby teacher uh, and I was being encouraged to to act these, you know, silly, childish, immature thoughts out, I mean you know, I, I might not be a mother today. Hmm. And that's really sad and scary. It's the so, chemical castration of people under 18 that is very concerning. It is. Yeah. It's terrifying. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I want to, I want to, uh, Luke mentioned something I think is really important. And just to, to, to keep the through line going, this is a crazy story coming out of the Washington Post. <gasps> Pentagon opens sweeping review of clandestine psychological operations. Holy crap. Complaints about the U.S. military's influence operations using Facebook and Twitter have raised concerns in the White House and federal agencies. How about that? What? Luke? Yeah. How I mean, about that? Yeah, right. I, 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 I saw the story. story. I, I did a report on it earlier today. And uh, Facebook and Twitter, surprisingly, also took action on this and removed oh. accounts that were running what, what is being described here by even the Pentagon, U.S. psychological operations that were being run on the American people. These were clandestine psyopses that were, of course, pushing a narrative, pushing an agenda, using your tax dollars to open up social media accounts in order to brainwash the American public this wait, is an wait, wait, extremely let, let, let dangerous story let me read this the researchers does not did not specify when the takedowns occurred but those familiar with the matter said they were within the past two or three years some were recent and involved posts from the summer that advanced anti-russian narratives citing the kremlin's imperialist war in ukraine and warning of the conflict's direct impact on central asian countries Best. significantly they found that the pretend personas employing tactics used by countries such as russia and china did not gain much traction and that overt accounts actually attracted more followers. So what do you see when you go on Reddit? It is laughable. I'm sorry. There are people who fall for this. But here's the sorting algorithm of the left and the right in the culture war. When you go on Reddit and you see a video of a Ukrainian guy and he's like smoking a cigar and he's laughing and he's like, this is what I think of Russia. Ha <laughs> ha. And they flip the cigarette and they all high five each other. Like That's propaganda. You have cyber command. You have psychological operations. You have them producing this content, faking it so that they can put it out there and convince you that we're better, we're stronger, we're going to win this war. Now, I don't, I don't have a, a, an issue with it to a certain degree, but it is extremely annoying often when you know these videos are outright propaganda. And then what happens? Now we're seeing Vladimir Putin raining these, these uh, uh, incendiary devices all over cities threatening to mass mobilize the entirety of Russia and that there's fear he could potentially open a second front, maybe Finland. We don't know. But all the propagandists in the military keep doing is saying Ukraine's winning, Russia's losing, Russia can't win. And then Russia doesn't, isn't even using a, their, their, their pinky in this conflict. They, to be fair, they're getting pushed back. Ukrainian forces with NATO's assistance are advancing. All that's true. But what they want you to do 
They want you to believe that Russia could never win for morale reasons. They want people to put up the Ukrainian flags. We, we drive down here in Virginia. There's a, there's a little small town you got to drive through when you're passing through. And they have big, we stand with Ukraine. And I'm it's like, you could Georgetown. point to all where Ukraine was on a map. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is psychological operations to convince the American people to support mass spending of war. Yeah, all of this as, of course, Western politicians like Boris Johnson are on record telling Zelensky not to come to negotiations, not to offer peace, not to try to stop the conflict. This was another bombshell story that I think is definitely worth talking about. Is the Western governments telling Ukraine, hey, no peace deal. No negotiations here. Continue the war. This is a perpetual war that I called out from the very beginning. CNN was telling you it was only going to last a few days. I was telling you, hey, it's probably going to last a few years, might even last 10 years, might even last forever with the way that, of course, the military industrial complex is shaping itself and the way that they've been funding themselves and the way that the stocks have been, of course, increasing. But but again, uh, the, these PSYOP pages here are, are, are worth noting because the Pentagon is going to be ordering an audit on the DOD for these psychological operations that are played out on the American people. And this is what we know about. What don't we know about? Mm. What else is happening behind the scenes when it comes to psyopses? Since, of course, all, again, information has been weaponized and it has been weaponized against the best interest of the American people. One thing is talking plasma, where they fire lasers into the sky and coordinate a bunch of different lasers to get a ball of plasma. And then they move it around and say it's a UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. And they're freaking people out, making them think that there might be aliens. Well, this is, this is what they did in Vietnam short-lived they played uh, audio recordings of people wailing saying yeah. i should I'm, I'm trapped here forever run run home to your kids don't be like me and it freaked even the south korean uh, i'm sorry the south vietnamese out so i think they're doing I wanna, I wanna massive mention, comments on videos too so when you check your feed and you're like this is the response okay that this is the thoughts of the day that's psyops that's i think i think reddit was taken over a long time ago twitter i'm sure youtube it's uh, they can't control it people that's, are coming from outside and using the platform this is why twitter they're trying to implement algorithmic feeds because then they can justify controlling people which is a point you often make about knowing the the, the code to prevent this kind of thing. Because if you don't know what the code's doing, you don't know how Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit are manipulating you to, to, to twist your thoughts to make you compliant. But I'll tell you one thing. There's a story I read recently. I know you guys probably heard about mass graves in Ukraine. Did you guys hear this story? No, no actually. I don't Did you hear this? So. I heard a lot of different stories about mass graves in Europe. So, so you've, got, you've got two factions in a war. Obviously, we as Americans are expected to support Ukraine because NATO and all that stuff. But there's two stories. The story from the West is that the Russians created mass graves. The story from Russia and Eastern sources is that Russia told Ukraine to collect their dead and Ukraine refused. So the Russians gave them proper burials. Choose who you believe. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't believe Russia's narratives. It's the same BS. Their military, their psychological operations are going to be are going to be coming at us the exact same as the U.S. will. It is a battle for your mind. It is fifth generational war. Absolutely. And the first casualty of war is truth. Yes. And I, I think you can't believe anyone because everyone has an invested interest in using information for their own personal benefit. But at the end of the day, we have seen a concerted effort to push for a perpetual proxy war that there is no end to that endangers all of Europe, that is creating an energy crisis, that is creating a scarcity problem, that is creating a food famine problem for a lot of the people in the world who are the poorest people in the world. And and this is something that is absolutely mind boggling because even coming to the table and saying, hey, there should be negotiations. There should be peace deals. We should be incentivizing the end of this conflict in some shape 
form or way where we could actually come to the table and actually negotiate a stop to this utter madness because politicians sending people to die for their political ambitions is one of the stupidest idea in recorded human history and it needs to end and it needs to stop and it stops when the people stop complying and i think this is an important message that i think a lot of people need to hear and sadly you don't hear it on reddit you don't hear it on social media you don't you don't hear it on the corporate media you don't hear it by government officials you hear the opposite of that and this is why this conflict is going to continue but they're losing I, I think the information to, war, you mean? Well, but Annie Leibovitz got a very beautiful photo shoot. Yeah. That's what's important. Really? That's very Tell me about that. It's a joke. Vogue, <laughs> Vogue did a whole spread on uh, on the first lady of Zelensky. Ukraine. Yeah. In the war-torn country. Yeah. She's like sporting People, beautiful peacoats. It's it's it, pretty toned up. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that Zelensky was wearing these ni- these like Nikes. Did you guys see that? Uh-uh. I did like not. really nice shoes. I mean, he's a lot to have nice shoes. It's fine, yeah. whatever. He's very But fresh. but I think I think we're winning and I think back to uh the Bush years. Didn't the Dixie Chicks they like criticized Bush and then yes. they got they got canceled or whatever? Yeah. Yep. Everyone's like you got to support the troops. Yeah. Nowadays it's creepy how the institutions and the establishment are waving Ukrainian flags and just, you know, just well, I'll keep it family friend. I was going to say something, you know, uncouth, but uh, you know, just just uh, abiding by the cult narrative in support of the war. But uh, shows like this can exist where we just say screw your war and screw you, and that that's that's something you know that's yeah. powerful. It, it's at least you know a, a message out there, but still, tragically, so many people are losing their lives in Ukraine. So many young people are, are just having their entire existences wiped out because politicians have ambitions, and that to me is just such a crazy idea. A politician saying, "Hey, go kill your fellow neighbor right now," because I said so. I, I think it's, I'll, it's wild I'll, that this has happened throughout recorded human history, I'll, and it needs it needs to. A lot of it is like utilitarian. They're saying, okay, if we don't invade the Middle East uh, or Afghanistan for that oil, we're going to lose 100 million Americans are going to die from starvation in the next 50 years. So are we willing to sacrifice 2 million people to make sure that the 50 million don't die? And that's the strategy and the planning of resource management. I mean, war is resource management. It's land management and and resources. Um, it's It's not just that. It's them saying, if we don't go in the Middle East, China will. Mm-hmm. That's also you take that into account. Right. Like if we don't invade, someone will, which is a sad. But it's not way to just think that simple. It. The U.S. involvement in the Middle East propped up Iran. Iran is as powerful, has more of a sphere of influence because of the war in Iraq. The war in Iraq created ISIS, created radical sectarian violence. If you look at, they it, it's, want it's not as simple. Exactly, they want the chaos, they want the murder, they want the destruction. They don't want the war on terror to end. They want it to continue, and they made sure it continued by radicalizing groups and also pushing people out of the government in Iraq, which literally created ISIS. Yeah, the who, bath who party. Who is that guy yeah. who was in Congress who was right about everything? Um, his name was Dr. Ron Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. He's just right about everything. Yeah. I love there was a viral video of him going around recently that it's actually gone viral several times where he's just calmly explaining what is happening and what will happen based on the things we're doing. And like, it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. Blowback, I think, was his term in like 2007. He was very, very yeah. vocal CIA. about it. Yeah, I have a t-shirt saying, if I told you so was a person with him <laughs> yeah. smiling big on it. Yeah. Uh, but but he called it, he called it, especially when it came to the FBI, the politicization of the FBI that historically has been going on with them abusing their power that they had in Washington, DC. He Patriot talked Act. about the Patriot Act. He talked about the war on terror. He talked about the war on drugs and all of those roosters are coming home to roost because he was right dead on the money on so many issues and he it, it was like he had a mad, magic uh, eight ball he predicted all of it and it all came true and he if we would have listened the world would have been a better place well I, I think what we're seeing 
with the anti-establishment wave was deeply influenced by him and the Ron Paul revolution back in, I think it was like 2008. The Tea Party yeah. revolution, which was hijacked by Glenn Beck and other kind of uh, stronger neoconservative right-wingers. But that was Ron Paul or what? Ron Paul originally uh, was one of the uh, major figureheads behind the Tea Party that was pro-freedom, pro-free speech, anti-war, pro-America. Uh, and then a lot of other right-wing figures came over and kind of hijacked it, and it became just a, like a Republican thing, and it became an establishment thing. But originally, it was anti-establishment, anti-U.S. Federal Reserve, anti-imperialism, anti-globalist. Uh, you know, uh, but I'll, I'll say this. you know, When I was growing up in the city, uh, everyone's very liberal. We all saw the viral Ron Paul revolution. We saw the stickers everywhere. And I remember seeing it says like it says like revolution and love is backwards or whatever yeah. and like Ron the Ron revolution Paul, the Ron Paul love revolution what a funny it's so weird Ron, I don't think he came up with that some people just started doing it right I think yeah it, it was viral marketing because his ideas you know spurred on so many people to take independent actions there was people that literally had uh, you know air, air balloons that that had huge uh, you know uh, signs billboards that were just put up without the campaign's coordination. And his message was able to get out there because of grassroots support. He also was supported by U.S. military service members more than any other candidate in that specific election that he was a part of. And he galvanized a lot of people to take independent action without any top-down control, which was very impressive. I just, I think, I think uh, Ron Paul's influence had a huge impact on our generation because, I mean, 2008 was, it, it was something, and it was, it, for a few years, years, even after that, people were talking about his ideas and what he what he what he believed and what he represented and the things that he got right even today, and then there's a lot of people now who have become, they very much were seated with these ideas of libertarian values, anti-establishment, anti-imperialist. Now there's many many more people who share the views of Ron Paul. Not to mention his kids actually in government and carrying it's on. Quite that a testament mission. to his his personality that his child is such an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. Rand yeah. is really incredible. And boy, do, 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 does the cult hate it. But it's because of Ron greatly, not not completely, that I think we're seeing such a strong anti-imperialist, anti-war, anti-establishment, pro-individual liberties, pro-freedom movement. I think. I think that what he represented and stuck to rippled out. It's unfortunate that Bernie Sanders ultimately caved to the establishment in the end because he could have he could have stood for something on the left in a similar way. I get Absolutely. I got to talk to you guys about and he and he kissed the ring and he bowed down and they screwed him over and they slapped him around and he said please give me more mm -hmm. and it was disgusting to see exactly him him just. Just, just give up and, and screw over all of his followers. He had grassroots support too. He had individuals saying, hey, I don't, I don't need to be paid by anyone. I don't need to be organized by anyone. I stand for his ideas that represent the middle class, the blue collar working class of this people. And then at the end of the day, he pooped on all of them. Let's just be real with ourselves. I'm Let's trying to put my mind in the state of someone in the government in, in control of the war machine and why they're doing it. Because I'm very anti-war. I'm, I'm very like, yo, get the troops out of the Middle East. We shouldn't be invading people end of story killing is wrong you know very kind of black and white and then i start to think like well wait if there's a military if there are resource management issues and and the american people really are running out of resources or or projected to that unless we invade and take them from somewhere else where does good and evil starts to lose 
That's not true. Like, that's uh, that's a notion that, that is absolutely made up. That is that uh, is a I mean, notion that is absolutely is ridiculous conquest. and has has no sense at all. Dude, we're our not settlers going, we're not, we're, the savages. We're not they taking the resources. In, we, no one took the resources in Afghanistan. The Chinese are taking the resources the, in Afghanistan after the United States gave it to them on the silver platter. Are we taking any resources from Libya? No, we just brought back slavery to that country. Like the, there's there's no conquest of, of resources. The, the Ian. British there's none took, of that. There's the no. British, there's no. It's not as simple as you think it is. I think it, it might not be as simple, but the British took North America and took the resources on the east coast of this continent and then they murdered 90 percent of the native american population calling them savages didn't even consider them human for the resources and now we have one of the most bountiful resource country on the you, earth you, you're 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 technically wrong it was individuals doing it all with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The crown, I mean, I was reading I, I, I was reading about the war for independence recently, and I was like, I wonder what the king, what King George was, King George III, I think, said when he received the Declaration of Independence. He ignored it. He handed it up to some other guy and said, I don't know, you deal with it. They didn't care. The crown didn't care. He thought of the, the colonies as a nuisance. What it was, was individuals trying to find a better life. They were leaving Europe. The colonization was, in some ways, you had elements of trade. And the crown was like, there's riches to be had. But what people don't understand about colonization is that it's best represented by what we're seeing now with China. Regular people in China move to other countries. They set, they, they, they set, they create lives there. They grow, they expand, they create businesses, they gain influence. That's colonization. The colonists from Europe came to the Americas to find a better life. It was crowded. A lot of them weren't succeeding in Europe. They said, I'd be better off in a new frontier. And those individuals created cities, created colonies, and had conflict with the natives. And they favored themselves over the natives who lived there. So it's not like the crown was just like, there's people there. Let's have all of our people go and crush them by order of the king. Yeah, they just wanted the resources, the tobacco and but the But individuals, the individual companies, individual people. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was resource greed. I mean, maybe not greed. Maybe that's just the nature of humanity is more resources, more people. And if you don't get more resources, then you're going to starve. Exactly. You take two dogs and you put them in a cage and you and they're both hungry and you throw in one chicken. What's going to happen? They're gonna, are they going to share? They're, so now probably my, my thoughts on conquest is like, is shaken i'm not so like no more war never everyone be peaceful now i just don't it seems too pie in the sky it is i i i think um the problem i have with the united states is they've never justified at least in my lifetime any of their wars they claim they have justification but it's always some weird bunk reason they keep lying to us about so my attitude is you do not get my consent in a government uh, that is granted the, that is supposed to have the consent of the governed, you don't have my consent to lie to me to justify why I should do work, pay you taxes, so you can go blow up kids, Barack Obama. There's no justification for that. You want to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone is worthy of death? You have to prove it, and they've not done that. So if they were they like keep just saying, I think it's the petrodollar. I think it's it's they want a unipolar world because they don't want to deal with competition. They don't want a world war. It's the liberal international international economy. It's it's this. 
we're better off with the power. Otherwise, it would be worse. Yeah. And that does not get, grant you the right to execute people in other countries or or for these people in the Middle East. To, these little kids come out of their houses and they see drones flying overhead and they never know when that drone is going to blow them up. It's a psychotic way to force people to live. They, they do not have my consent for that. Yeah. If they were honest, they wouldn't have everyone behind these larger ideas and these larger conquests and these larger acts of murder. Because if they were honest, they would be like, hey, we're just trying to get some money here. We're a hammer. Everything's starting to look like a nail. We need to make some profit here. And Ian, they're not going for resources and bringing you back resources they're not doing that they're helping their friends in the military industrial complex there's no bid contracts there's there's the weaponization of of the u.s military that of course is in private hands that only take care of those private hands and even screw over the soldiers that volunteer themselves because they think they're fighting for freedom and democracy they're not and you know why you know why one of the reasons so many people wanted donald trump just one of the reasons is that whether or not you actually care about those kids coming out of their little houses and seeing another drone flying overhead and wondering when they'll blow up. Maybe you're thinking like, I don't know about those kids. I don't care. I'll tell you this, that drone and the $50 million that equipped it could have gone to your town, to your schools, to your roads, to your industry, to your jobs. And instead it's being siphoned away by a bunch of morons who will want a nation built in Afghanistan, screw the whole thing up and then hand it over to China. Money hungry murderers. Let's just be real with ourselves. Maybe, They're, but they maybe know it's... no bounds when it comes to destroying and killing other people, and and they'll do it to the tune of hundreds of thousands, millions. Yeah, yeah. And they Co- have done it before. Collateral damage. Why? Because Why do they think? don't want the. Americans... What resources did you get from uh, Syria? What resources did you get from well, Afghanistan? What resources did you get from Libya? I Tell think me. Oil. What resources did you get from Somalia? No, we didn't. No, I mean, we didn't. As far as I learned in Iraq, for instance, there were lots of oil. We fields. get oil from Saudi Arabia, and we still finance their lethal uh, genocide of the people in Yemen, which is a proxy war. So we're, yes. we're, that's where we're getting oil from Saudi Arabia, from Iraq, like oil. But we, but and if we ran out of oil here, people would start eating each other. No, but we Don, under Donald Trump, we were near energy independence. And I know it was a pandemic and demand was way down, but gas in some areas dropped below two bucks. But on average, it dropped way down. And Donald Trump was moving us towards energy independence. We are able to do it. Now, Joe Biden's doing the opposite. He's shutting down pipelines. He's saying no to fracking. Environmental's got a problem with it. But I'll tell you what, what, what the administration, what the Democrats, what the Uniparty's done. They, they don't like the pollution here. They outsource it to China. Yep. So what they do is they say, we're going to pass all these environmental regulations. So you can't do anything dirty here. How do you solve for that? Then the only way to manufacture is to manufacture in China where they don't care about pollution. So what does Donald Trump do? He says, we got to get rid of these regulations on, on the environment so that companies can actually come back and start manufacturing so that Americans can have jobs so that Americans can send their kids to good schools. If you want to do that these days, considering how bad schools are so that we can be energy independent so that we can use our own resources. We have the entirety of Alaska. They won't go near. We have a get, we had a joke here with Jack Posobiec and Daniel Turner. Yeah. Occupy Alaska, yeah. invade Alaska. It's, it's territory that we purchased from Russia. It's there, it's open, and it is massive. It is huge. But for some reason, we're better off shutting down our own energy production, outsourcing all of our jobs to other countries, and then getting in, involved in wars in an attempt to justify why we need the resources from them. What's happened now with Ukraine and Europe is that we're seeing 45% inflation in Germany, which is insane. I think from the last month, year over year inflation now, it's this major spike. They've been, they've made themselves dependent on Russia. And Donald Trump was like, you shouldn't do this. Instead of solving the problems, they just passed the buck until it got too hot. And now everything's falling apart in their incompetent hands. Was it like, you shouldn't be relying on Russia. You should be reliant on us. You should be you should be paying your fair share and figuring out a way to I don't know how about this don't shut down your nuclear plants and he's like why are you doing this start shoring up your energy needs you can't just sit here and let Russia dictate how much you pay that was the problem 
Russia through Gazprom was able to dictate massive prices. So the U.S. was like, instead of doing any of that, let's just build pipelines down here through Syria, one of Russia's allies. War emerges from this. The U.S., in my opinion, was very happy to see the rise of ISIS because it was destabilizing Syria. So instead of actually dealing with the problem, the Democrat administration was going, oh, geez, oh, no, these these terrorists, they're just growing. Donald Trump gets in, ISIS crushed, Ukrainian conflict dissipating. Biden gets back in. All of a sudden, Middle East destabilization. Syria is hot once again. The fall of Afghanistan and war in Ukraine. These people are psychopathic morons. And, and they think, to, to go back to what you said, it was a good question. If you thought a crazy person was, was going to take over, do you think it's right to hack an election or whatever? These Democrats think they're justified in Russiagate, Ukraine gate, and all this other nonsense because Trump is, is crazy. But the people supporting this are just being treated like mushrooms, kept in the dark and fed crap by the corporate press and by the politicians who just want power and don't want to actually roll up their sleeves and do hard work. The reality of the United States is that if we brought the jobs back, lives would get so much better for the working class. But those powerful elites, they wouldn't be able to exploit slave labor in foreign countries, so their net worths would go down. They don't like the idea of closing the gap of wealth inequality in this country. They would rather own the industry, send the jobs to China, pay a buck an hour, make tons of cash extracting and exporting our jobs and wealth to a foreign country. Meanwhile, the American people suffer for it. And then we get the opioid crisis and then we get foreign war. And then they expect you to send your kids over there to die so they can keep that system going. Donald Trump comes in and for all the things wrong with the man that is worthy of criticism, he says, hey, let's not do that. And people are like, okay. A start. You know, we had Dave Smith on the show. I'm a big fan. He's an awesome guy. And someone commented, and it was brilliant. They said, Dave, you know, Dave says what Trump did was still bad, and that shouldn't be the standard by which we, we vote. And I agree, but someone commented, this problem was created over 100 years, and it's going to take a decent amount of time to solve. We can't just expect a 100-year problem to be erased. And I think Donald Trump was bringing a lot of solutions. The Abraham Accords, no new wars. These things were good. Bringing jobs back to America, bringing energy back to America, making this country about itself. Being like, we shouldn't be the world police. We shouldn't be blowing up kids, sending our kids. We should say, we're going to clean our own room. We're going to make our country better. And we're going to encourage a rising tide so that everybody's ships will, will, will rise. Instead, what we have is the Clinton Foundation, the liberal international economy, or the liberal world order, as they call it, saying we should be in charge of everyone because we are better men. I disagree. I was thinking about this. Uh, I, I will no longer call it depopulation agenda because I think they're just trying to slow the growth of the population growth. And one way to do that is to have less people producing because they're going to be producing a net amount less. And one way to have less people is war. Have them kill themselves off. That's I true. really don't like that. You have to wonder. About that guy right there. Like, I don't I know if he, I doubt Bill's like, man. I can't wait for people to die. I don't think he's saying that stuff. But <laughs> some people might be like, well, one utilitarian way to make sure the population grows slower is to have less of them in the first place. And the pandemics. Well, Let pa people die of sickness. Illness? Like <laughs> yeah, just, illness. Like, well, they talked about, you know, releasing bioweapons before mm -hmm. and, you know, we don't... Starvation. I, I don't want to get down there. Lack of water. I, I wanted to pull up the story a little while ago do it to each other so you don't look involved. I wanted to pull up the story before I, before I lost my mind and ranted on foreign policy, but uh, this is from Just the News. FBI whistleblower alleges January 6 cases manipulated to create illusion of national crisis. I want to pause real quick by saying something. We've ragged on the FBI, but that's unfair. It is. There is a dangerous element within the FBI. Their top brass is, is particularly bad, and they've been weaponized. Yes. However, I had some federal agents from different, uh, uh, different uh, entities 
speaking to me, emailing me. Oh. And we've even had current contractors come on the show and, and talk. Mm -hmm. And the issue is the culture war is everywhere, even within the FBI, even within the DEA or the DOJ, whatever element of the DHS. Many of these people are scared to speak up. And that's unfortunate. But some of these people are speaking up now. And these FBI whistleblowers are doing, they're doing the Lord's work, coming out and exposing the corruption within the DOJ. So this right here shows us the FBI whistleblower coming out and exposing what's going on. Not the first one. It's like the third or fourth that there are very good people that work in law enforcement at the federal level that want to be stewards of the Constitution, that want to defend our rights and make our country better. There are many people that got into that line of work for good reasons, and now they're starting to call out the bad, and that's what we need. So to all the good law enforcement officers and FBI, despite what our anarchist friends who come on the show might think, <laughs> I think you're doing the right thing coming out and exposing this. And I think Clearly, there are people who got into this for the right reasons, and now for the right reasons, they're exposing the hypocrisy and the crimes. So here's the story. The top, uh, the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee said Monday, a whistleblower has come forward detailing how the FBI is manipulating cases related to January 6th to create the illusion that domestic violent extremism is a widespread problem in the yes, U.S. Yes. Jim Jordan said in a letter to the FBI, to FBI Director Chris Wray, that the manipulative case file practice was being conducted by the Bureau's Washington field office, which was instructing local FBI offices to open up cases on their books that were in fact simply related to the Capitol breach. The FBI's categorization creates the illusion that the threats from DVE are present in jurisdictions across the nation, when in reality, they all stem from the same related investigation concerning the actions at the Capitol on January 6th, which was what, 800 people? And if those people were violent, prosecute them. Republican lawmaker said the whistleblower's description is consistent with disclosures we have received from other whistleblowers that high-ranking FBI officials, including a senior WFO official, are pressing frontline agents to categorize cases as DVE matters to fit a political narrative. Not only this, but I don't know if you guys saw the other story. They're pulling FBI agents off child exploitation and moving them to domestic extremism. What? That's insane. Especially when you see what's happening in this country with schools and with the media. But it makes sense. The cult want to come for your kids. And the elements of the cult that are in the FBI are still helping them go after your kids. Well, well, well it makes sense for another reason. And that's because the FBI has a long record of protecting the people who abuse children. Whether it's Larry Nasler, Jeffrey Epstein, and probably many more people that we don't even know about. There was victims coming forward, children coming forward, went to the FBI, said, hey, even in the 90s, there's people coming forward, say, hey. I was abused by Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, you guys need to stop him. He's hurting children. He hurt me. FBI ignored it for over 30 years. They cut a deal with him. Yeah, what's the, absolutely. What, what's the Larry Nasser story? Uh, that that one's... Gymnast in Michigan State. Yeah. And he, he was... Go on that? How was the FBI involved? What? Well, the FBI knew exactly what he was doing and, and essentially decided to aid and abet his actions um, and ignore the victims that were coming forward once again. So there's a record of this. There, It, it happens more than once. And, um, you know, seeing... A whistleblower is, you know, optimistic, but but still, by and large, there needs to be an entire reckoning when it comes to the centralized bureaucracy that is in Washington D.C. That, of course, is abusing its power. So this is this is, you know, a good sign that we're getting some information, but but we're just getting. Was, wasn't this guy fired? I think that was the latest update. This whistleblower was was fired, really? or suspended. Um, I think um, I, I remember reading about that yesterday. I'm going to try to look up the story. See if you, right can, now. See if you can pull that up because yeah. these these whistleblowers are heroes, man. Yeah. Calling out the weaponization and corruption within the DOJ. It's got to be scary because you're watching them abuse their power to crush their opponents. And then you have to willfully choose to stand against them. So I have tremendous respect to these these agents. Because like I said, man, it, this, was, this was a few years ago. I actually, I met a guy, I can't remember, I was at a conference or something. 
and he worked for one of the national security agencies. He was a contractor because they're mostly contractors. And he was explaining that he supported Trump, that he believed in the Constitution, that he, he I think, he, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say his race, just he was not white. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, it's scary because the same thing that we describe outside of, the, of, the, of these, of NETSEC, they have inside as well. And he's like, we don't, what do we do? You know, they'll, they'll just fire you if you speak out. So you try and do your best, do the right thing. But I think there's a lot of good people that are in there because there's a lot of good people all over this country. And you just got to call out the corruption. Did you find it? I think Jim Jordan was speaking about this to Tucker Carlson last night. And he was talking about this specific case. You're nodding your head. Do you remember that? I, I, I didn't watch, but that's the that's the article that I read. Yes. So Jim Jordan, He's FBI whistleblower. Um, and um, he, I think it was Jim Jordan. Correct him? me if I'm wrong, that, that the whistleblower was found and suspended currently. Suspended. Because yeah. it's really hard to fire federal employees. You know? yes. Yeah. So I got to be corrected. I'm, I'm speaking off, off the cuff, just off of what I remember from last night just reading it in passing i mean it's just outright creepy that they're trying to fabricate this stuff and for what you know what worries me is that we had a couple people super chat us the other day that that uh their friends are being deployed to uh the 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 pacific in two weeks yeah and and it's like how convenient for joe biden if a war were to break out with china right before a midterm election where they desperately need to cling to power or the illusion of a war i mean just as long as people think exactly some skirmishes some some conflict that resolves itself in in December. Yeah, and then he's a hero in our media, and Xi Jinping's a hero in the Chinese media, win, and then win. they both win their elections. Yeah. Man, I don't think this extremist stuff is really is is nearly what what has been provoked for it to seem by this, these certain media organizations. Like it never was extreme in the '90s and 2005, and like. The, 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 after 9-11, there was radical Muslim extremist talk, and it was all about the Muslims and like. This weird, diver- divisive, whatever they must they, have earned a lot of money for people. Whatever they can do to generate hatred and propaganda. You just because they it? want military? Yeah, we found the Jim. Uh, you want to go ahead? Yeah, no, I, I just hunted down the article again. But Jordan said the whistleblower was suspended from his job Monday in what the congressman called a retaliatory firing. So. That's illegal, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, whistleblower, whistleblower protection is, is something that is a real thing. And if you come forward with information providing that the government did something wrong, you're supposed to be protected, not suspended and fired and punished for whistleblowing on something that legitimately is a problem in the United States and leading to radicalization and leading towards a larger divide and conquer agenda from what I see it. When reached for comment by Tucker Carlson's show, the FBI said the threat posed by domestic violent extremists is persistent, evolving and deadly. That's it didn't exist before 9-11. That's what I'm talking about. This persistent threat is weird. I don't know if it's because they want to raise money for the military because they're afraid that as the liberal economic order evolves into a world order, they want to maintain martial law in the United States. So people don't revolt when they realize it's going to be 30 bucks for a can of Coke or whatever. Uh, that maybe that's why they're drumming up such well, you zeal. Know, the war on terror is, is just turning inwards. You know, we had the yeah. radical Islamists that were financed by the CIA for so many decades. You can only do that for so long. Now you need, of course, domestic extremism, of course, to turn the war on terror towards the American people. We have all the national security surveillance state already set up. We have all the national emergency procedures already set up. And it's just only a matter of time until, again, it's going to be turned inwards. It already has, in my opinion. Yeah, it, and there's it, going it to be some very opinion. negative bad consequences because of this like domestic foreign thing is also the lines been blurred right now like you get on a Facebook chat which is an American company with someone and you're talking with someone in Canada all of a sudden now that the FBI is involved or the CIA is involved because it's foreign and like that and they're supposedly masking you as the American 
But then what they do is they ask Canada, hey, who was that? And Canada's like, oh, that was this guy. And it's like, we didn't uh-huh. do it. Five Eyes Spy Club, baby. That's right. the game so, they play. So I hate, as much as I hate to say this, I am afraid this looks to me a lot like another step in the Civil War because this is what I've been saying. They don't have enough of a supply of white supremacy. So obviously they're fabricating it. I was re- I was hearing, I forget who was talking about it earlier today, all my podcasts run together, but they're talking about how they're fabricating cases of extremism in the U.S. so that they can meet certain quotas within the FBI, which is mind-boggling, but it's exactly what I said was going to happen. Looks like a civil war because, as Luke said, it is just the war on terror brought home. We've Look at the Whitmer thing. Each other. Huh? The Whitmer thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like 15 informants <laughs> and like four guys or something <laughs> like that. I think it was like six guys and like 12 informants or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember those exact numbers, but there was a lot more informants than, you know, crazily, crazy autistic people that and went along with the government setup that essentially was was that case. George Bush Sr. was talking about the New World Order in like the 80s, late 80s. And even while I think while he was president, he was talking about this. So do you I mean, do you think that this is like they're just anticipating a, a revolution into a new global system and they want to like have a strong domestic military presence so that we can control the populace when it happens? Trying to understand sociopaths is, is not an easy thing to do. Uh, he was also a big CIA guy. Uh, but but that's beyond the story here. I, again, it's hard to quantify and understand exactly what they're doing, why, why they're doing it. I think even just explaining what they're doing to the average person out there and, and breaking the conditioning, breaking the, the matrix that everyone is in, breaking the trauma-based mind control is already an uphill battle. I don't want to go as far as to speculate exactly why they're doing it. it. The fact is they're doing it. And the first thing we need to do is be aware of it. Yeah, I think motives are less important than what's actually happening and knowing what what the fallout of of the current events would be is way more important than than wondering or knowing why they're why it's happening. I mean, you do ultimately want to know why people do psychologically, but realistically, if someone's proposing a plan, all it really matters is what's the plan going to do. I don't really care why you're proposing it. I mean, I just I just look at you know all, all the families being torn apart because of it and and the and what the culture war and and just these divides and everything and it, that's irreparable and it's very sad yeah we we uh i think it was larry elder mentioning that he had good friends mm-hmm. that all of a sudden they just they wouldn't they couldn't talk and that he presented evidence to them and they're like i don't want to read the evidence yeah. i mean how do you like what do you do is it is it, it, it's, it's irreparable i agree well it's it's hard too because you know, uh, like women, suburban women, suburban mothers, me. Um, you know, the like we're 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 a class of people who really don't want to talk about this stuff. We don't want to acknowledge that there's people like the Canadian professor in in cl- in our children's classrooms in our children's life. We don't even want to acknowledge shop it. Teacher, yeah, shop shop teacher. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's something that we just don't even want to discuss, and it's easier for us just to say, well, you know, this is it's not this is one crazy isolated case. Like right. people want to live in denial. That is how they. Want want to live and then you know on on the flip side when it's like these minor little social justice issues they feel like they can just toss out their opinions or you know it'll it's like an easy one to show how woke they are in the group of some moms or something but um you know i i've reached a point and partly was because of the last show uh that i that i did with with you guys um i'm just i'm just kind of done staying silent about it and instead of trying to open up this crazy debate with everybody that i know my new goal is and i like i think i'm going to try to coin the term microactivism i'm just going to try to just show these people show these friends these colleagues these neighbors of mine that they're not 
that that their way is not the only way of thinking that not everybody's on the same page so even if it's just like a oh, i don't know why, why you would do that even if it's just something as minor as that i think it's important for people to know that they are not always going to be the majority that they they need to know that there's people who disagree with their way of thinking that they just can't go around scoring these social justice points all the time they mm -hmm. just can't and in these little things that that i that these micro activism moves i think are very important to start doing how much of the suburban female vote though is just social pressures mm -hmm. i mean i think there's a ton of it but i think that moms are more likely to kind of i mean we saw it with youngkin you can't mess with the mama bears these are women who probably in the past well i'm sure they hated trump i'm sure a lot of women right. a lot of women did not want to vote for trump uh it's the way that he talked about women the comments that da, da. but you know the young stuff that to me proves that you can't really mess with the suburban moms you can't do the social justice stuff with their kids you just can't do it you're not going to win what was, the, I, I imagine, what was the, or I should, I wonder what you think the catalyst was for the suburban moms to wake up to the problem and then vote in a Republican? I think that uh, part of it was the horrendous rape case and the whole school board was mm. basically in on silencing it. I mean, that's somebody's daughter. That's interesting. And they you know, chose, they chose to, to cover that up and to try to downplay it. But this is interesting. It's it's you know Donald Trump says things women don't like. Yeah. They don't like the way he behaves, and so they vote against him. Then you get this story in 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 Virginia where a female is assaulted and mothers quickly respond. I wonder if it's just female centric, right? Some, something they're seeing affecting them mm -hmm. specifically that's causing the direct response. I mean, maybe. I I I, th I think the other big part of it though is 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 the the these teachers and these these super woke people in our children's lives now too i think that there's a driving divide to just i mean to divide our kids from us and i think that's very scary are they gonna vote for desantis lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I, 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 think... I can understand not liking Trump. Right. But what about DeSantis? Well, I think that how do you... I mean, I don't know. I for for me personally, I mean, I I I could see a DeSantis vote easily happening, and I think it is interesting to watch the left try to demonize DeSantis as they are. You you can't you Trump can't be the Antichrist, and then DeSantis is the Antichrist now, and he's actually worse than Trump. And you can't just keep doing this forever and ever and ever. I got it though. Oh boy, I got it. I got it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if DeSantis gets super ripped and then does that yoga handstand thing on his desk that like Trudeau did, I think he'll get all the ladies. Okay. But 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 what it if sucks. he also <laughs> figures out Newsom's hairspray? Yes, <laughs> yes, the hair gel. I want to sure. see yeah. them debate. They were talking about yes on Twitter. They were chatting back and forth or something about baby. it was about their hair though. Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> let's start with their hair. hair products and then get personal and then yeah. let's talk it, about it was, politics. It was a debate about hair. So so they uh, were talking yeah. about products. Yes. Right. So gel, um, gel versus spray. I mean, baby. If they want to get reelected, that's <laughs> the, oh that's, that's pretty fun. I'm cool with that. But I I like Newsom apparently wants to like shoehorn his way in on Biden if Biden doesn't oh, yeah, you know, run. Does. And now Biden's actually doubting 
he, he was asked if he was going to run. He's like, well, it's a little too soon. It's like, you were just saying all the time you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But Newsom is like, he looks like a snake oil salesman. He does. DeSantis is a military guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he was Jag, but, you know, I, I, I genuinely do think, um, not to be as, as, as crass as the joke about a hunky DeSantis, because Trudeau women seem to like, but I do think that DeSantis is substantially more appealing for a variety of reasons. He's younger. He is just, let's just say it, any, 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 uh, anyone can acknowledge he is more attractive than Donald Trump himself. Yeah, of course. He's just, he's, he's, oh, you're, you, oh think, you, you think Trump wow. is <laughs> way more drinking. Oh I don't think DeSantis is all that easy on the eyes. I think that if you put him in Newsom, I mean, I think Newsom, yes, Nick Oil Salesman, Greasy Ken Doll, sure, sure, sure. But isn't he like really tall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sanders is like what five ten. That yeah, could be a that, that could be a Kennedy Nixon TV yeah, debate waiting to I'm happen. Yeah. yeah, who gets sweatier? Yeah, gets sweatier. I think we know. That's why Nixon DeSantis lost that won't. debate. Well, I just well, we know we know that Newsom doesn't get sweatier because he wears fleece in eighty degree, yeah, so hundred five yeah. degree weather. That's right. Remember, yeah. so he's sweatproof. Well, at least you know. Look, who, if you put Donald Trump next to Ron DeSantis, who are the ladies going to pick? I mean, Trump. Well, after January six they're going to pick DeSantis. I just think that DeSantis, you you eliminate a lot of the... Baggage, uh, drama. That women didn't yeah. like. Yeah. And yeah. so you bring out a guy who's like, I'm going to protect your kids. I'm going to do right by you. He's younger. It's more relatable. And I think... I think DeSantis is, would, would get a lot more suburban women. I, I, I think so, too. I think that the way, you know, like the, the Stormy Daniels stuff, the grab the pee stuff, like all, the, all those remarks were, na- were nasty. Also, I went back at one point and started trying to find the old episodes of The, um, of the Apprentice. And they're all pretty much wiped now. They're all pretty much gone. But I, the cup the, when, when I did start this little venture or whatever the episode the beginning episodes the way he treated women was crazy and this was years ago years ago but you know i mean i like trump at first but yeah i mean i can see how how regular women could be really very much off put by the way he was i think it's emotional and social for a lot of for a lot of women i think women are more susceptible to social pressures than men yeah absolutely it's 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 not i i don't know how substantial it is but it's just more we see it with instagram we see it with tiktok Women are doing, young girls are doing these TikTok things where they fake terminal illnesses. They're getting Tourette ticks from watching other people. Yeah, substantially more than young men. Yeah. And so when, when, when the media keeps screaming over and over again that Trump is nasty and gross and evil, you end up with a lot of, uh, namely millennial women who are just like, yes. Then you end up with a lot of male feminists, weaker men who are like, anything you say, baby, because I'm trying to sleep with you. And then you end up with people voting and developing this mass formation psychosis. Yeah. Instead of just being like, I am a being unto myself with my own thoughts and opinions. And while I do find Trump to be sometimes gross, his policy positions actually are a lot better than Joe Biden's. So I'll vote for that instead. Well, that's why those man on the street videos that that I, I think you've had a couple guys on who, who do those videos. They're so important because it just shows that these people have no idea about policy at all. They're totally just going with the grain. Yep. They have no idea. And the emotions. People are emotionally manipulated. I was going to suggest we play Mary Kill uh, Bone, but uh, that's not a family-friendly. There's a game. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Mary oh, Death oh, Kill. Oh, oh, I thought it was uh, FMK. <laughs> yeah, but family-friendly show. <laughs> there, so I don't, think it's, I don't think it's that appropriate. But, but well, On the members-only show, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. When the kids are in bed. <laughs> that's great. Let's but, get the whiskey Nancy, out again. Pa- <laughs> Na- yeah. Nancy Pelosi, the woodshop oh, worker, God. and, uh, oh, and uh, Hillary Clinton. Pelosi all the way, man. I'm asking you guys that question. What did Alex Stein say on the show? She's solving the formula crisis single-handedly. Yeah, absolutely. When Alex Stein was on the show, he made an interesting um, 
point that the war in the Middle East has just kind of evolved into the war in Ukraine. I hadn't thought oh, of yeah. it that way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It was yeah. so blatant. When one ended, it. another one started. You know, he yeah. also and and it's funny because you it's like like clockwork. But he also ate that chip and uh, the one chip challenge. That was fun. <laughs> you know, he actually approached Dan Crenshaw on the street. I didn't have a chance to talk to him. I wasn't on the show with him, but I thought. He was saying, like, you guys served a bad war, you're bad. I don't know if he, but he was insulting him personally. Yeah. I think he was insulting well, his said, height and stuff like that. He said you sacrificed, you know, I think he said something like, I could be wrong. Look at your, you know, you lost your eye fighting a war, an unjust war or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and what the thing is, if he had been alive and an adult when, in 2001, when that towers came down, pretty much everybody believed. But how old was he? How old is he? He's not. He's 36. Yeah, so he's. So he was like he was 14 like or 15. 14. He was young. He wasn't an adult. But like when you when you were an adult at that time, you everyone pretty much thought we got attacked by terrorists. So it was like they weren't bad people for fighting in that war. It wasn't until later, like in 2008 and seven, that we started to realize that we'd been snowed. So I hope that Dan Crenshaw and Alex Stein have a chance to talk again. Well, I think the issue is Dan Crenshaw is I don't he's 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 what's the right word? For you know, he started when when Crenshaw started off. People were very much interested in, in in who he was, and then he started to become more and more swampy, you know, mm-hmm. swampy and war hawkish and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know him personally. I was listening to Rogan one time, and I was like, "Who is well, this?" Well, he canceled on us twice. So. Yeah, I was listening to an interview on Rogan. And I was like, "Who is that annoying guy?" And then I looked over, and it was it was Dan Crenshaw. I'm like, "Oh my god, why he was like pandering to Joe and like." I mean, I listened. The show got better as it went on, but in the, I was kind you know, of rubbed the wrong way at first. Here's what I, I don't, don't know. Him. I'd like he, to know him though. Here's what I don't like. Alex Stein. I, what did he, he called Crenshaw? I patch McCain. He was. Yes. He said really nasty. I don't, I don't like it. Was ad hominem. It, yeah. It was, I, don't, I don't like that. What I do like is when Alex was actually commenting AOC as as a, as a sort of activist troll kind of thing. I like. I I think that was a little crude, but he ultimately got a major story out of that. When he was confronted by protesters and he said, I love you all and wish you all the best, that is amazing. And I think that's that's the brilliant kind of trolling of laughing and smiling that he does well. Like Luke, you never you approached a lot of guys on the street in like Dan Crenshaw's position, Larry Silverstein. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Rothschilds, Big Name Brzezinski, Henry Kissinger. I never saw you. Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, (laughs) Hillary Clinton. I never saw you. I never saw you insult their their ad hominem. I never saw you comment on their ugliness or their height or any of that. You were just like, here are the facts. Comment. And that was the way. I think that's the way you do it. Well, you know, I was a little facetious sometimes when, you know, Kissinger was having his uh, private dinner, being awarded the Freedom Award. I asked him, how does it feel being a mass murderer receiving an award for freedom (laughs) when you you murdered and butchered so many people around the world with your horrible policies, especially in Cambodia and Afghanistan and Chile and the Middle East? I could keep going on and on and on. Uh, But but, but predominantly, that was like the sixth time I talked to him. But the first initial ones was always, hey, you talked about how military men are dumb, stupid animals please explain this is according to bob woodward who said this on record that that you publicly made this statement how do you respond and he said you know he called me a bunch of names he actually resorted to make you know trying to make fun of me and and trying to call me a horrible human being and me a monster and me a war criminal which was kind of hilarious and funny but uh you know everyone has their different approaches alex has his i had mine um but they made it almost virtually impossible to get to a lot of these people but you know that's beyond the point here and uh it's not easy you're you're in the moment people get emotional there's a lot of different energy going around 
and it's very hard to kind of be concise and control yourself and it's it's a fine art being able to like talk I, to a lot of these people i really like alex i i will say this i like alex stein i i think that he's he's very smart i think he does what he does very well but i do think he screws up because i think that it's kind of like when tucker carlson is calling Lori lightfoot beel juice it's like it's so distracting and you know when when they're winning an argument then they do that stuff and everyone's like oh it's like you have to do this again it's like on one hand i get it you know it makes it more fun to watch it is it's rich entertaining it's relatable i'm sure it, it really you know gets the clicks and everything up but at the same time it's like you're just taking away from the actual like you're winning without this you don't need right. to do this it's like when he did the big booty latina thing it was like why are you doing that like it was just it was gross and I weird mean, the, the challenge is afterwards aoc came out and claimed that january 6th may have been an inside job mm-hmm. had alex not done what he did we wouldn't have had her coming out and calling for an active investigation and i was like that's a really good outcome yeah and that's aoc tough, right? the a- ends don't justify yeah. the means man i mean aoc also you know insults a lot of people she also said mm-hmm. we have to make politicians uncomfortable yeah uh, and she called that's on true. for a lot of these policies which you know she's getting affected on so again it, there's a debate to be had here what's the right approach i don't know well it's not calling rosie o'donnell a fat pig i mean if you want to lose the will of the american people that's what donald trump did and, and i don't want to see alex go down that path yeah yeah, yeah. so that, that's why you know going back to the DeSantis stuff and the, yeah the women vote Right, That's I think how you turn them off, right yes. there. So, and, do you think it was the women vote in the last election that cost Donald Trump the election? From your work in PR, uh, do, uh, do you? No, I think it was the pandemic. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I took, think he would have won without the pandemic. I think he handed the presidency over to Fauci, and I think that. Yeah, he lost the country. And, and he absolutely guy. did, and then he tried and to get uh, Bill Gates as his science yeah. advisor, and he took advice from Bill Gates, and he, he implemented the policies that Bill Gates wanted. Admittedly, Bill Gates is talking about this right now, bragging about it. Mm-hmm. So he lost a lot of people, especially with his administration starting the fourteen days to slow the spread, which is just a horrible, horrible approach. I just don't. I I, I have to say though, I don't like that he gets blamed for the, such poor handling of the pandemic because I don't think anybody knew what to do, and and. It it was so everybody's favorite word. It must have been probably the t- the top used word was unprecedented, unprecedented. It was. And Trump thought, well, I'm taking the advice from, you know, Dr. Fauci. I'm taking advice from from all of these experts, you know, and all of these, you know, science people and everything. And he, he did listen to them at first. I don't think he got enough credit for listening to them at first. I think that's also what cost him everything. Um, but the left will say that he ignored scientists and didn't take anyone's advice. And it's just, you know, whichever side you ask, they can spew what he did wrong. And it, it was a mess and it, it was unfair. And then, of well, course, January 6th happened and that's it. So I think you, that's a nail in his coffin. So you, you think... 2024, Trump's not going to be able to pull it off because of those things or what? I don't think that he's going to be able to pull it off because of January 6th. I think that any chance that he would have had to try to come back, I think he he's, he squandered it. DeSantis, though, you think he'll win? I think that he could win. I don't, I mean, I don't know who the Democrats would want, who would run, who could beat him. Yeah, who do you think? Gavin Newsom. I think Trump is beatable. Do, do you think Gavin Newsom could beat DeSantis? No. Yeah. Whitmore think, is going to run. That, DeSantis is going to run. Whitmore. Oh my yep. Lord. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that if you, I, I feel like Newsom, though, should be defeated while Michael Schellenberger could, I think, dismantle him. Um, but you take one video of 
San Francisco. I mean, how how can but, but I guess we talk about media ignoring important things. I mean, out outside the front door of every major, you know, news network is a huge homeless crisis because it's a liberal run city mm-hmm. and yeah, so I mean, he, I, he, I, he I, has the slick look. Rambling. He has the slick look and Buttigieg also has the CIA connections that could also bring him forward. People vote with their hearts if the media makes it about how nice of a guy he is. That's the winning ticket, unfortunately. That's and what he mob looks, Democrats do. He, he looks like a politician. Let me, I, I, I got to pull up this yes. story. We got to do one last segment. Have you guys seen this new uh, article from Common Sense, Barry Weiss's Substack? No. Crime is a construct, my morning with the Park Slope uh, Panthers. Wow. If you ever wondered what it would be like for urban liberals to try and deal with a crime problem, oh boy. come over to commonsense.news where uh, Susie Weiss wrote up this article, so I'll give you the gist of it because I want to read everything. It's hilarious and it's terrifying at the same time. So there's this guy. He's he calls himself. He says he's left of uh, left of Lenin, I guess. Yeah. That's what he's walking his dog, and a homeless guy whacks his dog with a stick, killing it. <gasps> yeah, injured yeah. the dog. They brought it to the hospital, emergency surgeries, couldn't John save Rick. it. So he decides to start a group, a neighborhood watch called the Park Slope Panthers. Why? Because there's two panther statues at the front of the park. That's it. So they have this meeting. And then these uh, leftists show up and start saying, we won't abide by your rules. You want to call the cops. You're bad. There's infighting. It's chaotic. They all start to just generally agree with the absurdities of the left about no police and creating a utopian society where everyone just gets along. And they acknowledge that the homeless guy waving the stick around beating people and chasing women is just, you know, he's being oppressed by these systems and rejected. And then it ends with them deciding to, you know, okay, we'll come back and have another meeting. And then they spray paint, uh, they vandalize his home by writing, don't be a cop to the guy. This is what happens when your town is overrun by crime, murders, homeless people, and your dog is murdered. And you're like, okay, the cops aren't helping us. Can we start a neighborhood watch? Young leftists show up, yell at you. Everyone fights. And then they vandalize your house. (laughs) They were like, we don't like that you're stealing black culture by calling it the Panthers. And some old woman's like, there's Panther statues right there. That's why we're saying that. And then some lady goes, let's call it the Tigers. And it's just like a bunch of extremely naive people who have no idea how to deal with why their city it is falling apart. It sounds like an SNL skit when SNL was funny. Yeah. It totally does. Oh, my gosh. People were actually asking if this was, if this was uh, satirical or not. It sounds fake. It sounds fake. It's hilarious. Yeah. You're not in New York, are you? No, no, I'm here. Well, oh. I'm, D- I'm not here. I'm in D.C. <laughs> oh, okay. But D.C. is still pretty bad, too, right? It's, it's bad. I was... Uh, you know telling Lydia this this earlier too you know I was I've I've been going to DC a little more for meetings and everything now that my babies are a little bit older and um, I can't believe the homeless encampments and and this is you know right outside the front door basically of the CNN building I mean there's just tents tents everywhere there's tents all over they're covering every single park it's I mean I've never seen anything like it it's completely crazy and and it's really sad too because these people you know it gets dark and it's it's like it's like drug city and no one's doing anything about it and it's violent and scary and i don't want to walk around alone in in dc and for a while wow. there i felt okay doing it do you guys see casey neistat is back in new york city yep. and so he no. started making vlogs again because it's been a while he, he moved it's funny he moved out right before the pandemic and the lockdown and stuff then everything got really bad and then he comes back right when it's all wrapping up and uh his videos are great he's just a he's a happy-go-lucky guy he makes fun videos there i love to watch him but I just wonder if he's going to talk about that stuff because this was really interesting. In his latest vlog, he mentions that New York was being beaten down. There was rioting, there was looting, there were lockdowns. It was brutal. And then I was like, "Whoa, this is starting to get good." 
like cases outright, just like New York was basically under siege. He's like, I couldn't believe I wasn't here for that. And now he's like, I'm back in New York. I'm genuinely wondering if he's going to be like, crime is through the roof and people are being murdered. And some dude got pushed under the subway tracks the other day. Or if it's just going to be like, New York is fun and beautiful and it's the greatest thing ever. It's hard to hide. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to hide your personal experiences, really especially if you're doing a personal vlog. So it's going to it's going to be interesting to see a lot of his stuff. Uh, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him, uh, especially with him promoting uh, rushed experimental therapies without doctor consultations. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him working with CNN and promoting Hillary Clinton and, you know, just naively talking about politics when he didn't know a lot about politics. So it's going to be interesting to see his return to New York City. I've been there a couple of weeks ago and it's a crap hole. I hate yeah, it. Yeah. There's a bunch of like nasty garbage everywhere. There's, there's, a, uh, it smells everywhere. Rats. It's, it's, it's a bunch of rats ever. everywhere. It, it's not a fun city. It used to be a city where you felt the energy of the city. The city sometimes, you know, propped you up, made you feel like you're on top of the world. Sometimes it brought you down to reality, but, but it was a roller coaster ride. Now it's just continually down and, and low vibrational bull crap. Uh, nasty, seedy, disgusting energy that I just don't want to be a part of, and I'm absolutely unhappy. It there. smells like sour milk. Yeah, absolutely. Gross. Yeah, people don't understand that. People, no, it does. It literally does because it's damp and horrible, and it's shaded by all the skyscrapers, and it's just crazy. Oh, you can actually see in some areas. You'll be walking by like Times Square, and there's just a, a, a streak of sour milk in the gutter. Like, yeah. you, you see that see. like cloudy white gray liquid flowing down the the gutters on the side of the road, and then a little little rat, especially down on in no like Soho, like right right on a Houston Street when that's where the fish markets are, and they come out at the end of the day after just gutting fish all day and they spray it on the sidewalk with their hoses yep. into the water into the street they're not supposed to but everyone does it everyone does it. man it's like the stuff not, like dystopian futures are made of when you watch what's going on there where were you when you were there i'm not telling you because <laughs> i was on the upper upper west side for our, an event we did like four months five months ago and it was beautiful was it that long ago it must have been uh, no. it was around that time it was like in the middle like july or june or yeah it's like two months ago yeah uh, and it was phenomenal. Ago. It was so nice. But it was the Upper West Side yeah. or East Side. It was like the nicest part no, of the they, city. They closed down that fancy boat in Central Park. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I just, you know, when I saw that Casey was saying he was going back to New York, I, I was kind of just like, this kind of feels like BS to me, dude. Because what is it, like a hundred something thousand businesses were destroyed yeah. in the lockdowns. There's, you know, going to New York, I mean, yeah, there's people there. Obviously, there's millions of people live there, but it's not the same. And I wonder if his real goal is just, because he mentioned in his video that uh, it was being beaten down. He wasn't here for it. Maybe he just wants to create a positive image of the city once again or something. I don't know. I think I'm proposing an idea right here and now. I think that the way people view big cities, whether they think they're great, like these leftists run big cities. I think that if someone thinks they're awesome, you can tell that they're brainwashed because they're not awesome. And I feel like everyone can see that who's looking at it objectively. Mm -hmm. If you don't agree that they're kind of starting to fall apart or actively falling apart at the end stage of like near death experience nonsense, then you're blind. Well, that's, that's a thing too. When I, so, you know, Casey comes back to New York and he's like making videos again and everyone's like, he's going to make vlogs and he's talking about how great it is in New York and he's showing people like pogoing and other things like that. And I'm just like, no, you know, this video he's putting out really does make it seem like New York's awesome. And then I remembered being there a few months ago, and I remembered exactly why I moved away from it. First, it was constant pro violence, yeah. uh, gunshots ringing out in the middle of the night in certain areas where I lived because I was in uh, I was in Brooklyn. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then we had uh, two cops get murdered, literally on the street that I lived on. I, I, I guess I'm just unlucky in that regard. But then there was another story about cops who walked into um, the stairwell of, of, of some a project housing building and then got scared in the middle. Of the, it was dark out and fired a bullet, which ricocheted and shot a random guy in the chest. Thing, things like this happen in, in New York City because it's, it's, it's crowded. There's crime. People are getting uh, mugged. There was that, what was it? She was a 19-year-old girl up at uh, Columbia who got brutally stabbed to death. And so I'm there. Someone planted bombs on 25th Street. A bomb went off. Someone planted bombs on the Jersey side. And I'm just like, you know what? You know what? I, you know what I found? I was talking to this couple that were from South Africa, and they told me that it's not that bad. They were like, everybody talks about how bad the crime is. We've only been carjacked, I think, five times in, in <laughs> South Africa. Yeah, and that's what they told me. Only about five times, and I my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, five? <laughs> I was there. I remember that what? we were in uh, what country? Korea. Korea. Yeah, we were in Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's kind of bad. And they were like, <laughs> to them. It's like my friends have been carjacked ten times. Me only five. Therefore, crime's not that bad as people as bad as people say. And it's like I'm from Chicago. I've never been carjacked. So people in New York City right now, it is bad. There was a. a, a I mean, let me let me show you this right here from from Barry Weiss's from Susie Weiss's article. This is. I wonder if she's related to Barry. She says in the last couple of months in Park Slope, the baby Bjorn wearing capital of bourgeois Bohemian New York, a thief absconded with two hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry in a smash and grab. Three boys stole a bunch of iPhones off subway riders. A ticked-off customer attacked the owner of a bike store. $6,000 was stolen from an auto shop. And a beloved pet was catnapped from a bodega <gasps> on 7th you. Avenue. This is just Park Slope. That's evil. And then the story of the main guy. And then in the, on August 3rd, Moose, a dog, was uh, uh, and his owner, Jessica, were out on a walk when a homeless man gave chase and hit them both with a large stick and threw a container of urine on Moose while muttering about immigrants. Amazing. The dog died a few days later. Oh this is God. just Park Slope. It's one small area of Brooklyn. To come out and try and act like cities are doing well, I get you want to po- have a positive image that, that I can respect, but I just, come on, man. Yeah, the reality it's, is it's bad. It's a wonder of the world. New York City will be looked at as like one of the great wonders of Earth in the future. Aspects of it, you know, the Statue of Liberty, the World Trade Center, the Empire State Building, and Central Park. Um, and it's it's incredible to take it in and see it and to be there and to come up from the subway for the first time and look up to 80-story skyscrapers all around you. Like, there's a vacuum that sucks your soul. But living there, I mean, you got to use reason and logic and decide if you want to be packed like a sardine into a city with a bunch of other people where it smells. Sour milk. Yeah, like sour milk and other chemicals flowing it's, down well, the it's street. Just, it's concerning how just, like, empathy just dies. Like, you just stop caring for your fellow man or something. And you, it's just like, you're just out for yourself in New York. And you yeah. don't, it doesn't matter who you step on, what you're running over, what it's just, it's. Yeah, that happened to me. ugly. That happened to me. It's, I was coming back from work after an hour and a half commute for like the 30th day in a row. And there was a woman in front of me with a bunch of bags on the stairs going down, taking up like three, there's width for three people to go up and down the steps, but she was taking up the entire width. So I put my hand on her shoulder and pushed her aside. Not hard, but I realized after I did that, I just pushed a woman. 
What's happening? Because if after her, there's going to be another person in front of you and then another one checking their phone and they don't see you. And it's like, I, it's, it's utilitarian. You can't, you can't function when people are in your way. Well, it's like those videos uh, in Japan when you have like subway pushers. Oh man, like, yeah. It's like, it's like you stop being human. It's like you just stop being a, yeah. And now you guys scary. understand I, Bill Gates. No, 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 And before we go to chat, can I just interject real fast? Vanessa and I were talking about this and I suspect that what's happening in cities is because everyone's crammed in on top of each other. I think this shortens their lifespan of like their livability yeah, because everyone's to. squeezed together people just become objects that you have to run over or into they get in your way they walk slow they drive slow they fumble around at the cash register it's irritating when you have too many interactions with other people i don't think people are designed to live in cities you're not mm -hmm. supposed to live in a shoebox that smells like sour milk i just yeah you're right. not we're gonna go to super chat oh, yeah. so if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends be the notifications you want to see from youtube that's right because youtube's not notifying people the show goes live so if you want to tell youtube don't you play dirty games with us you guys can really help us out by just being the notification sharing the show and making sure people don't miss it it really does help and uh, become a member at timcast.com uh we're gonna have a members only show uncensored we're gonna play mfk i guess yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, I have a I have an announcement. So a lot of people were wondering why we didn't have comments, and it was because we were trying to find a way to integrate comments through social media. And um, all I can really say is, in the end, we've just circled all the way back, and we're like, okay, this isn't working. So I think I don't know if we've already rolled them back out, but we're going to have comments back on all of the posts so that people can effectively use the site as a forum, as they were. And members only comments will be for members only. So when you're watching members-only content, you're only talking with other members. On all all other posts, there will be public shareable comments that you can see. So uh, that should be a lot of fun for a lot of people, and I look forward to those conversations. Let's read the Super Chat. Ashborough says, all gains in the Dow since Biden took office have been erased. Mm. Yo, that is bad. That's brutal. Those was, gains uh, were probably because they printed all that money. And they were just like, stop just the up. illusion of gains. Yeah, yeah. without investment so, in uh, infrastructure. So, um... What is it? I, I, I don't know. Have you guys heard this? A bunch of big retailers just canceled their holiday yes, orders. Dude, a lot. You saw that? Well, I saw just like 50 of them went out of business. Canceled like Gap went out of their business. holiday orders. They oh, declared really? bankruptcy. Gapped? There's a huge list of them. Yeah, dude. Whoa. I should pull that up. Oh I was reading gosh. that like big box stores were canceling their orders right before the holiday, which is unprecedented. That's never happened. Right. And then you get people <laughs> chatting about Guam and Taiwan. And I'm kind of like... The FedEx CEO, I think it was COO or was it CEO came, came COO. out? COO. And he said, a world, a global recession is coming. He's never seen this before. A major drop in his stock tanks. I think the next few months are going to get particularly spicy. I mean, we knew the fall harvest was going to be bad, but let's see what happens now. Huh? Yeah. If we have 50 large companies declaring bankruptcy, they're going to get bought up by like BlackRock Whoa. and big line, uh, giant investment firms. Barney Boyle, this is crazy. Is this super chat? Wow, he says my cat's breath smells like cat food. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Cow? What is happening? That's over a very there? nice Simpsons reference, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Ralphie, right? Ralphie. Yeah. Caligula Love says no notification again. Of course, got to be the notification. That's right. Sorry. YouTube wants to censor us and take away notifications. Well, they'll get away with it unless you meddling kids share the show. <laughs> So that really you can be the, 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 the notification. Yes. Principal Gerson says it's a government fabricated cult to overthrow freedom of citizens. That's what they do. That's what they do. 
Ian Bridges says, Tim, I did it. I moved an hour's drive from the city to a small farming town of 800. Woo. So quiet, so safe, so clean, so much less expensive. Yes. Get chickens. And <laughs> Yeah, we're, uh, Ian wants to get a cow. I'm, I'm sorry, not Ian. Uh, Luke wants oh, to get a cow. Oh, you're not wrong. I do want to get a cow. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, yes. Hold on, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, for very much. You know, Luke. <laughs> Human progression. There's a lot of reasons why I want Luke, to get Luke was like, cows are great because they give you milk. And Ian goes, can I stick my finger yeah. in the <laughs> answer is yes. No problem. Well, take care of yourself. Uh, congratulations, though, man. Um, yeah, we're really excited about the new the new uh, property over at Freedomistan. We have a, a preliminary Freedomistani flag, and it's beautiful. It's a shield crest with a chicken head. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, so I can't wait for that to be done. Well, we're going to have a big... Well, I, I want to get like a huge flagpole and like those 40-foot flags and just fly it. That's probably a bad idea. Because then you'll see it from very, very far away. We <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> like, you I know where have, he lives. I'm surprised you didn't have your viewers submit designs. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Like a contest. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, you know, Jessica, who is our artist, came up with a bunch of really she's amazing designs. She's, yeah, she's, she's too good. too good. Can't compete. She's too good. Amazing. Yeah. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, sometimes it's hard to be optimistic. Biden will only cause more death from his rhetoric. Him and his elites care not for the damage they cause. No, they just want power. All true. Okay. All right. Ashbro says, if it's okay to punch your political opponent, I'll buy all the boxing glove necessary to see Congress beat the crap out of each other. Unfortunately <laughs> for you, Ashboro, and fortunately for everybody else, it's not okay. And it's actually a big problem that the left seems to advocate for it and let people get away with it. Meanwhile, we're the ones over here telling people to stop fighting. And then stories like this happen. It's brutal, man. Soulless Ginger says, remember that Ralph Northam ad from 2017 with the minority children running from the guy in the MAGA truck hunting them down? Was that That's Ralph your Northam? age well. I don't think it was Northam. And I think it was more recent than that. I don't know. Someone will look it up. Yeah. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was way more recent than that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's more than one. Slane Hope says, I abandoned the left when the lies got too much to bear. The right is rotten, but at least they mean what they say. The left lies to get what they want. Well, elements of the right are rotten, the same as elements of the left are rotten. But on the right, you have libertarians, post-liberals, disaffected liberals, politically homeless people. And the right is like, OK, you know, we we agree to work with you guys. On the left, you have people who are like, I will do as I am told. The media is always right. Yeah, I'm not OK with that. Yeah, it was Northern. 2019. All right. I'm not going to pronounce this. How do you say? Is, uh, can Tim say my last name today? I smiled yesterday. The O, what's it called? An O with two dots over it is similar to the English sound I in bird. So the er, those are umlauts, er, those um, dots. Yeah, so it's an, but, but there's a word for the O with the umlaut over it, right? Just yeah, say Zoeberg. Zoeberg? That's no, what I would say. So uh, bird or you in the word fur. So er, so u, uh, u, uh, or i in herd. The problem is the R, like the her, er, 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 is, it, is it the R. So it's Ola Sliberg. Slowberg? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Swedish, right? I imagine. Ugh. You know what? I'm going to get it. I'm going to say Ola Schaberg. 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 Nailed it. Yeah. Because this is America. That's right. In America, we speak American. Schaberg. <laughs> I can't pronounce your name. Yes. I remember when I went to um, uh, Sweden and I kept saying Malmo. Because I'm like, I said, oh, and they were like, yeah, but it's got the things on it. So it's Malmo. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't speak cheating. Swedish. <laughs> Iggy the Incubus says this is stage eight of the ten stages of genocide. Mm. Dude, that chart was crazy and it's scary, man. We don't like that and, chart. And, you know, I don't know. Oh, what do we got here? Josh Berg says just had deja vu about Lydia comment. LOL. 
What is deja vu? It's just like basically your brain misfires real quick. Like and you, you've got a feeling you've been there before. But yeah. but the, the cause of it is that your brain misfires um, perception with memory real quick. Uh -huh. So it feels like a memory, but you're perceiving it in real time. So people think, I remember this. Uh -oh. No, you're experiencing it right now. Right. I will say, though, I've had a ton of weird experiences where I've dreamed things that have happened. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought deja vu was from dreams. I don't know, man. I dream things that happen too, though. So. Like I, I have very specific dreams, and I often remember all like to the T. Like places I, or events. What do you mean? I dream places. I, like you just have you in your dream, you're just like seeing a place and nothing I, happens. Yeah, I see a location, and later I go there. It's really interesting. But like, is something happening at that location? No, just driving through. So like, you have a dream before. of just like looking at a place. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I've never experienced that. It's really weird. My dreams are like things happen. Yeah. Like really crazy stuff. The, the, the weirdest thing is I had a dream a few days ago and for I have no idea why it was like everyone from my kindergarten class as adults <laughs> and I was in Chicago and I was like, when I woke up, I went, I've never thought about those. I haven't thought about those people in 25 yes, years. Yeah. That was so weird. And then I was just like having a dream. They were, a bunch of them were there and I was like, why? Nothing throughout my day, nothing in my life made me think of that. Yeah, I like I like the uh, the multiverse theory. Your dreams are just you perceiving an alternate universe. Yeah, where there's no physics. Physics break down in dreams. There are like no laws of physics. Not always. Not oh, always. yeah, you could establish them, but they don't have to be there. Well, I mean, you, you could be peering into any universe, you know, where sometimes the, the laws of physics are different. I or have... maybe the reason you can't punch in a dream is because you're trying to control someone else in a different universe. It's like in multiverse of madness, you know. I have that dream all the time where I'm trying to punch somebody and like can't, I can't like connect. Honey. Yeah. Or you're oh, trying wow. to read something and you can't read it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, words and letters take weird shapes. So here's something that will help all of you attempting to lucid dream. If you can't read it and you can't punch, you're dreaming. Ooh, yeah. So no, but it's simple. Uh, when it comes to people who want to try to lucid dream, simply knowing that and and being conscious of it. You'll be in your dream and you'll think, hey, I just heard I'm, that if that happens, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I had a dream last night where I was riding a, uh, like a motorcycle super fast and I was like, well, I'm dreaming. So I aimed at the wall and I just hit it as hard as I could. <laughs> and I just like bumped into it like it was a video game. I was like, oh. um, I mean, this, I bumped hard, but it didn't hurt. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I just remembered this Dennis Reynolds quote. I hate listening to people's dreams. It's like flipping through a stack of photographs. <laughs> yes. If I'm not in any of them and nobody's having sex, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. That's a great quote. It's a great Classic. quote. Thin Man says, Tim, check out the 1946 Battle of Athens, Tennessee, the only successful oh, yeah. rebellion since the American Revolution. I see a lot of parallels between them and now. I know all about that story. It's Somewhere crazy. There, yeah. But you guys came back from World War II, saw that their town was being overrun by politically corrupt people, and then were like, nope. Not and they just basically watch. took it over. Crazy story, man. Crazy, crazy. Veterans, baby. Mm -hmm. John Gold says, Libby, you are close. The right believes there is an objective truth and seek to find it. The left are postmodernists who believe in relative truth and rely on expert elites to define it for them. If you are not a recognized authority to the left, your voice has no meaning. Yeah. Who's Libby? I'm assuming he's talking to me since I was kind of talking about that. Oh, you were? Yeah, because I was talking about like how we actually have an objective, objective truth. That's why I think we John, have did, a better grasp on reality. Did you watch the show previously with Libby on and assume that Lydia was Libby? Yeah. Well, it's that or Linda. So, you know, whatever. If it starts with an L, it might Look, be me. Well, it no. works. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Everybody, everybody knows that Linda's actually your twin. Yeah. And they switch back and forth she gives sometimes. She me days off. It's nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Yeah. How else could the job get done? <laughs> Augusto Mimoche says, thank you, Ian. America was founded on Enlightenment values, which was basically a Greco-Roman revivalist movement that dragged Christianity kicking and screaming into the age of reason. Yeah, they were Protestant. They were protesting the church. The church had gone too far in their opinion. 
Not a banned account says Biden have the courage to arrest MAGA Republicans. I'd say he does. I don't know if it's courage more than courage arrogance. Is the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to get crazy in the next month. I mean, yo, October is here. I'm the October surprise <laughs> cometh. One thing What's I've been doing. Be? War? I, I think famine? Bi- I think Biden pestilence? might tell us he's pestilence. not running. He's, yeah. I think he hinted at that for the 60, during the 60 Minutes interview, right? I think Biden might uh, step out onto the White House lawn in front of all the cameras and then ascend into a being of pure light energy and then beam off into <laughs> outer space. Mm-hmm. And then That'd they're be the just best like, aliens abducted him. We need Alien. money to fund a rescue mission. <laughs> yeah. I've stopped. Like, I, I'm starting to not think about. My work here is done, man. <laughs> what, I think if he had said, I am going to run, that then now he's liable for all these tax things right. about raising money. So he doesn't right. want to announce it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what he said, right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what he said. And I suspect that we're not going to make it through October without them going after DeSantis, too. That's my two cents. We'll see what happens. Hope not. Doc, Doc Q says, Hassan went on flagrant with Andrew Schultz, but is too afraid or busy to come on to TimCast. Man's just afraid of Tim, Ian, and Luke going ham. Isn't Andrew Schultz in LA, though? I don't is know. He? I thought so. If Very he is. I thought he was located in New York City. Oh, I, is I he? I think he relocated to Brooklyn, yeah. Oh, you want to look that up? Mm-hmm. So Hassan flew out to New York to go on Andrew Schultz, but he didn't want to come out here. Dude, I love Andrew Schultz. He, he said he was too busy. Schultz. And I respect that. I mean, because yeah, sure. he, he does his own show. But if he's going to fly to New York, I want, I mean, first I'll say this. Was he going to New York because he had business and was able to knock two birds out with one stone? Yeah. That's fine. Coming out to the middle of nowhere in the D.C. area, I understand why people who have their own shows don't come out. Like, we want Jimmy Dore to come out. I respect Jimmy. And he's like, I'm busy, man. It's really tough. And I'm like, I totally get you, dude. But uh, we might get Jimmy. Jimmy's Jimmy's great. That'd be really fun to have him on the show. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure where they're based out of right now. He was born in New York City. Yeah. It'd be cool to get Andrew on. He's that a busy guy so as well. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's super. He's super brilliant. Rad. Brilliant dude. Yeah. I've talked to him in the past, you know. Hilarious too. Yeah. We, we got to get him. We got to get him on. That'd be amazing. JT Fire says, hey, Tim, I want to recommend a guest for either pop culture crisis or IRL. Shed M. Brooks is a pop culture commentator who breaks down historical accuracy of m- meta combat. And also the writing quality of many movies and show. Do you mean media combat? Is that a typo? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Meta Combat was something. Yeah, um, Pop Culture Crisis is going to start having guests soon. Shad and Brooks. Yeah. Shut down. They're taking off Pop Culture Crisis. Great yeah, show. I'm going to be on Friday. Of, they gain, they're getting a lot of subs. I'll be there tomorrow. We, we, we don't awesome. want to just, you know, some people are like, why don't you shout out Pop Culture Crisis more? And I'm like, because it's a different audience. We don't want a bunch of political people to watch, a sh- you know, to, to, to go over there and potentially subscribe to a channel that I'm interested in. Right. We want the channel to build an audience of people who are interested in that kind of Organically, subject. Organically, yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we do promote them a little bit, you know, but we they're going to they gotta do their thing, right? All right. Neglectful Sausage says, so because they were voted in, I have to pay taxes to the groomer brigade so they can mutilate children with autism who are targeted due to not fitting in and can't protect themselves. Wow. There is a challenge there in which we either vote or let's like you vote for the change, you debate for the change, or you fight for the change. And we try to do everything in our power to avoid fighting. And that's a very difficult line I can I can I can say, but you know, passing legislation to get this stuff made illegal is the best path forward and winning the elections. I was going to say winning the elections and running for school board and yes. and trying to protect your kids in that way is, is I think the best way and I wanted to give a shout out because I work a little bit with Laura Zork at Freedom Works and she is running this amazing group called Best and they are helping parents oh. and and concerned citizens run and and win for school board positions. So That's exciting. I hope you guys check that out. That's Best and Freedom Works. 
King Demi says, Tim, I believe in your efforts to be truthful in your journalism, yet I have not seen you talk about the QAnon guy who reportedly killed his wife and daughter. What are your thoughts on this matter? Oh my. So there's a reason why I've seen the story. I've read it and ultimately just was like, wow, that's crazy. A crazy person who believes crazy things and then kills his own family, I don't believe is of national consequence. Now, I understand that the Q stuff is crazy and he may have been driven crazy by it. But I think after reading the story, the real issue is the guy was crazy to begin with. Mm. I don't believe the catalyst for him killing his family was that he believed a military, you know, pers- person was leaking government secrets because it would make no sense why he would kill his own family. Thus, we have a story of a crazy man who harmed his own family. When it comes to this guy running over a teenager who, who was a Republican, that is a man seeking out and killing a teenager with rhetoric similar to what Joe Biden just said a few weeks ago. That is of more national consequence. A man murdering a, a, a stranger, a teenager, and using rhetoric similar to what the president did. As for this guy who believed the QAnon stuff, for what reason would he have to kill his own family other than he was just insane? He claimed like they were corrupted or something, you know, their, their genetics or some other weird nonsense that just doesn't make sense politically in any capacity. It's a crazy story. Um, but I just don't know if, it, if, if it's of political consequence to a great degree. Of course, many of the uh, Blue Anon people want to call it the story and point to it because they believe every conservative is a QAnon follower. The reality is the QAnon followers actually aren't that uh, numerous. They believe they are. They're not. I mean, there's a lot of them, don't get me wrong, but the majority of the Republican Party are not believing in weird conspiracies or anything like that. So I just I just see it as a crazy guy who writes something crazy and then they try and use it as some justification. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. I think a lot of times someone will, if there's a violent thing and one of the guys was a registered Democrat, one was a registered Republican, had nothing to do with that. It was a personal beef. And But then you get media spin where they're like, Republican murders Democrat. And you're like, what in the, it has nothing to do with that, dude. These are two crazy people going at it. Well, the Democrat well, this, this just murdered that journalist. Yeah. Where was that? Allegedly. Innocent until proven guilty. Allegedly. That was in, uh, okay. it was in Vegas, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a registered Democrat? Was he like, no, Demo- I, Democratic he was, he was Party? A, he was a politician. He's a, yeah. No, but and that, that completely... one matters because they said Trump's rhetoric would result in Republicans killing journalists. Yeah. And so then it was actually a Democrat who was angry that a journalist was writing negative stories about him. And then he gets arrested for killing him. So don't blame the Democratic Party for that guy going over the, over the line. No, but you can blame the Democratic Party for lying and claiming Trump was going to make his followers go extreme when then it's actually a member of their party Definitely who was accused of it. Blame moments of rhetoric if someone spews it, that point it out. But don't well, blame the whole group because some idiot. Waffle Sense, I says, Tim, you guys should really consider incorporating money guns on your show so you can better <laughs> emulate the show Pop Culture Chris is on YouTube. Oh. You might just get to be as successful as them one day. So um, <laughs> here's cool stuff. Let me, let me, let me, let, I'm going to give you guys some secret information. Tim Guest IRL has no such money guns. We just uh, read Super Chats. But uh, it started with Chicken City. I, I, I woke one day and an epiphany. We should live stream chickens and make it so that if you super chat, food drops down for those chickens. And <laughs> once you super chat at least $100, a chicken party happens. Woo! And it was, a, it was a tremendous success. In the first month of Chicken City, I think we made like 30 grand. It was insane. That's we were getting crazy. thousands of dollars a month. I was tweeting about it. Was it's way down now. It's like, but still, I think it's a couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks a day in super chats for chicken the chickens party. to feed them and stuff. And we have way more chickens. And then we said for the next shows we do, we should gamify we should so this way people they can get their super chats in and they can also participate. Pop culture crisis then incorporated money guns. When you super chat, dollar bills fly in the air. 
after $100, a crisis party happens and you hear horns go off, sirens, and then money starts spraying like crazy. <laughs> For the new show we're doing with Shane Cashman, I don't know what we're calling it yet, but it is a live show discussing weird, wild, paranormal mysteries, unsolved mysteries. And it will be the more live public component to the Tales from, to, to Tales from the Inverted World, the long form show. This, we are going to have it be that whenever you super chat, there's an element of a storm. Uh, wind blows, thunder, oh. lightning. The room is going to be always dark and haunting looking. And then after $100, a thunderstorm starts. And so you'll hear a low rumble and lightning in the background as they discuss the creepy, the ghost stories, the mysteries. And there will be candle lights flickering and lightning going off and stuff. That's awesome. And that will be, you know, basically the people watching the show have an ability to interact without disrupting the show. We've talked about, could we do something like that on IRL? A way for Super Chats to have an impact? But I just don't think it would work. Because, you know, as, as often as we do say funny things, this is just like a conversational show. It's serious sometimes political it's not the same as these other shows yeah the flow of the conversation is the key i think on this show and i don't want, I don't want to disrupt that it's distracting. Yeah. i just don't know what like look with pop culture crisis having crisis parties like it kind of fits the theme of a fun entertaining show the mysteries and ghost stories having a thunderstorm is perfect like what would this be like we get swatted <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> fbi raids yeah. an fbi guy Tom's comes coming. down the ceiling like Josh you can have a little smashes everything yep. <laughs> ruins the show yes. points at the camera and smiles actually okay i'll tell you what here's what we'll do we will create the the swat the, the swat uh, uh party for super chats and the meter will be like 10 grand because then we have the we repair the ceiling the next day and a flashbang right. drops down <laughs> and explodes right in front of us <laughs> yeah but here, here's the truth: the, the the meters and everything really do. People really love engaging with it. So the, the 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 super chats for these other shows are way higher relative to this show. If we did incorporate some kind of like thing like that, we'd probably have way more super chats. So I don't know. Maybe there's something reasonable that wouldn't be disruptive that we could do. It's on last Friday we had Dr. Drew Pinsky on, and I was getting comments that like, "Man, this is the first time I wish you guys didn't do super chats because the conversation was so good." Yeah, I and wish there was an after show because we yeah, could have got into some too. really deep well, he stuff. He is fascinating. Well, we're we're uh, we're talking about him having him come back really come back really really soon, and um, hopefully with Adam Carolla. Hopefully, oh that would be. Awesome. And then we definitely going to do an after after show because yeah. that will be wild. Adam's fantastic, and so is Doctor Drew. CB says I have a customer that's shipping out to Guam October thirty first. Oh boy, he's deployed for four years. They're planning for war in the Pacific. That's right. Okay, wait, hold on. I got to read this. John Marshall says, and, and you're, Luke, get ready for this one. Just a reminder that because of Ron Paul, we got the Clintons in office. He split the Republican vote between himself and Bush Sr. Not saying he isn't awesome, but he did give us Slick Willie. Really? I don't think that's the, the No, case that was Ross Perot. Yeah. That was yeah, Ross Perot, yeah, not yeah, Ron Paul. Yeah, yeah. Different. Ron, Ross Perot ran there. as an independent and split the, for the most part, the right. So they say, I was too young to really know about, but that's not, that was not Ron Paul. Yeah, that was not Ron Paul. No, Ron Paul ran in the primary in what two thousand eight. Would you rather have a CIA Bush in there? I mean, they're all bad. You got you know CIA a drug running Amina Arkansas Clinton, and then you got CIA drug running Bush in there. Doesn't make that much of a difference. Does I it? loved Ross Perot at the time. I wanted him to be president. Couldn't convince my dad to vote for him though. My family was uh, very much <clears throat> in favor of him. But then they all went very strong Democrat for the next several years. I guess because things got, the economy expanded. It was like 30% in like 95. 
I think so, yeah. Was this glad, it was a Clinton that repealed Glass-Steagall? Is that what it was? Let corporations invest as much money as they want into political things? I don't remember. But he, Clinton did something about like making the economy look good by giving corporations a lot more power. All right. Neglectful Sausage says, Tim is right. Listen to him. Female in-group preference, male out-group preference for women. Nothing in society is so damnable, is that what he's saying? Unless it happens to women, which is why equality matters. One million homeless men, no problem. 200K women, OMG crisis. Mm. See Paul Elam. No, I mean, that, that, that's true. Uh, and it's for obvious reasons. If you, if you pay attention to like evolutionary biology and psychology, mm-hmm. men protect women. Women are more valuable from, in a, from a biological standpoint than men are because women have babies and men don't. I mean, yeah. Nope. Pretty simple. Yep. A hundred guys and a hundred ladies and 99 guys die. That one guy can have 99 babies in nine months. I mean, he'd be working really hard, but, you know, it's possible. It is. I know a lot of men that would be up for the task. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but all, 99 women die and you've got one baby in nine months. You're in serious trouble. Yeah, it's the end. Yeah, it's the end, man. So that's why we take it much more seriously. All right. Steve Smith says, Tim, remember when Seth Rogen told Casey Neistat that he was cool with getting his car broken into about a boot, a boot 15 yeah. times right after Casey Neistat had a bunch of camera equipment stolen from his car? <laughs> yes, I remember oh, that. Ugh. It's like that cartoon from that, that guy when he was like, my bike was stolen. But the guy who stole it's probably happier with it than I am without it. So the happiness in the world went up. And oh, it's like, what? Gosh. The dude who stole it doesn't care t- at all about the bike. He probably just chucked it for 20 bucks. Ugh. So what are you talking about? <laughs> He's trying to sue himself. <laughs> that fat cat says, hey, Tim, the big chested woman went to my school three months ago. If you want more pictures of her, I can give them to you for free. I would not want more pictures of her. No, thank you. Ian, do you want more pictures? Oh, my gosh. You're getting me hot, Luke. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. Do not tweet that to me at Ian Crossland. <laughs> I don't want to see those at Ian Crossland. <laughs> I want to see those. All right. Jonathan Harris says, speaking of gaming, Timcast G4 TV IRL when actually really soon. We're planning a gaming show where we will have people play video games and that will be a whole lot of fun. And then we'll show off our video game. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at Timcast.com because we're going to play MFK, if you know what that means. Mary F. Kill. My husband's going to love this. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, be the notification you want to see from YouTube. If they're not sending out notifications and it is impacting us and you have an issue with that, you can help out by sharing the show and being that notification because uh, the October surprise is coming. And I will tell you this across the board, not just on uh, uh, on YouTube, we're seeing funky things with analytics. And it's kind of funny because now is the time for everything to go up. The fall season is coming. Viewership normally increases, but we got an election coming up. So naturally, there's going to be weird things afoot. <laughs> so you can help out by sharing if you do want to support the work we do. And you can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Vanessa, do you want to shout anything out? Um, follow me on Twitter at Vanessa Santos XL. Thank you for coming. That Thank you guys so much for having me. This was awesome. So I have a YouTube channel called uh, youtube.com forward slash we are change. I am five subs away from 800,000 subscribers. There's a lot of people being unsubscribed. There's a lot of people, you know, being there, not being there. Make sure you are subscribed. Click the bell button if you want and uh, see you there. YouTube.com forward slash we are change. Yeah, you can follow me on the internet anywhere at Ian Cross. I also have a YouTube channel. I posted a video last night about artificial intelligence. Quite interesting about how we should be coding these things so that they don't turn on us like Decepticons. Uh, when you share the video with your friends, you can actually add a timestamp at the end if there are points in the show you really like, and that's what they'll see first when they click the link. 
you want to hook them in to a moment, that's a good way to get them. Hey, catch you guys later. Thank you guys very much for tuning in this evening. I have an announcement to make. I got rid of my cast. Woo! Nice. I have a funky zipper scar. I can barely turn my wrist, but I'm done with the cast. I'm very excited. I'm on the healing path. I'm stoked. So I saw on uh, Social Blade that people have been unfollowed from my Twitter account. I'm sure no one would voluntarily unfollow me on Twitter. <laughs> so you guys should all follow me on Twitter at Sarah Petulitz. Mine's.com, Sarah Petulitz, as well as SarahPetulitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in about an hour or so. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.